welcome to the GCW Plants Podcast, episode 33. Once again with us, Mr. John J. Wolf. How are you doing tonight, John? Ooh, boogie feel good, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about this off here, man. How you doing tonight, B? I am doing good. We had a lot of wrestling to watch as it was a busy weekend in the wrestling world. <laughs> yeah, we had a... Oh, dude, this was a crazy weekend. Okay. Saturday, it started with um, Black Label Pro, Slamilton Part 1. And then, don't quote me here, but I believe Wrestling Revolver and GCW's NGI kicked off at around the same time. And then we had XPW around the same time, and then Slamilton Part 2 later that night. So that was a busy Saturday, and then leading into Sunday, we had Wisconsin Death Trip. So... If you were a fan of GCW performers, I mean, they were all over the place this weekend. Um, geez, Wrestling Revolver, Mike Bailey. We had Ali Catch versus Jessica. Who else was on here that was worth a shit? Uh, Zachary Wentz uh, versus Ace Austin versus Bandito. Nice little match there. Uh, one called Manders, Mance Warner, SGC was out there. Yeah, there's some, there was some good stuff out there. Let's see, that was for Revolver, Black Label Pro. There's so many, dude. I'll just run it down quick. Alec Price, Sawyer Wreck, Jordan Oliver, Nick Wayne, Effie, Calvin Tankman, Billy Starks won the fucking heavyweight title. That was fun. (laughs) So I don't know. I don't know how many people have seen that by now, but I accidentally might have spoiled that. And then basically right into that part two, Billy Starks defended her heavyweight title. First match. Uh, that second show dude phenomenal stuff um yeah she beat uh calvin takeman for it right yeah 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 so that was a really funny one i don't did you see that one yeah i saw the ending of it yeah it was a funny little thing the way they pulled it off but hey um another one that i'm just gonna mention because uh i had a good time seeing them in las vegas um and they haven't been on gcw i would like to see it sometime the natterday saints they were fun as shit i think them versus sgc would be a fantastic matchup. Uh, that their match that they so had it, at Grap House was like I, I think I told you that was like the best yeah. of Natterday Saints and the the Suavecitos that they wrestled against too that night. That was yeah. like a surprisingly like that was the best all four workers I've ever seen them work. So uh, I would definitely want to see Natterday Saints. I I like uh I like those guys, dude. It was so fucking fun too. And the last one I wanted to mention because I don't get to see him very often, and I'd like to maybe see him come around again. Would be Joshua Bishop. It was just somebody that we don't see often, and he has those old school vibes. Did you see the clip of him walking around the ring giving the knuckle bumps to everybody? Uh-uh. Oh my god, okay, I'll have to send it to you. So like there's a clip of uh him walking around giving the knuckle bumps to everybody and like the best part is you just have to watch everybody he just knuckle bumped their immediate reaction right afterwards. They're like, "Ah, my hand." Ah, like they're like <laughs> he's like legit like pounding them. You just see them kind of like kind of toughen up and like, "Oh, he really hit my hand." <laughs> Oh, no shit. It was, it was yeah, pretty funny watching it. Yeah. He's like, as we talked about, he's like literally the living version of, uh, the new version of Sid right now. Dude. And then, okay, so if we get, if you can even stay awake and get through all of that, because honestly, if you're watching them, you're going to have to watch them well into the night on Saturday night like I was doing. If you could survive, then Sunday was uh, Wisconsin Death Trip. It was Nick Wayne versus Carlos Romo. Blake Christian versus Alec Price versus Jordan Oliver. Sawyer Wreck versus Jimmy Lloyd, Los Macisos versus Dysfunction and Eric Dillinger, Hunter Freeman versus Big Fucking Joe. 
John Wayne Murdoch versus Mance Warner. And uh, our death match of the night, our main event was Cole Radrick versus Sakuda. I wasn't even going to try that first name. I'm not <laughs> going to lie. I keep messing it up, and I'm just not going to uh, do that disrespect to Mr. Sakuda. Yeah, the, uh, the, I called this weekend kind of like the Fight Plus TV uh, showcase because obviously all those Dude, companies yeah. kind of just joined the Fight TV Plus version of it. And so that was kind of like the Fight TV Plus pro wrestling version of a showcase because all those companies had shows that night and um i didn't check out anything else other than the gcw ones but i do have plans to check out the wrestling revolver and now i uh, kind of after seeing what happened at black label pro i kind of want to go back and check that out too because uh it looked pretty uh interesting yeah i checked out each one of these shows to see one two three four five yeah i had a busy weekend checking a lot of these out because i was a little under the weather this past <laughs> weekend um exciting 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 crazy exciting and excited like it was just a fantastic weekend if you're a fan and yeah five bucks paid for all that yeah we're talking less than a dollar a show and tonight we are covering the ngi7 but uh our next show we are covering the wisconsin death trip and i'll just kind of give a quick preview so kind of went down the matches too as i was telling you beforehand and uh i was telling some other people uh after watching that show that show had no reason being that good or as good as it was just kind of based off of the location, the bar, the attendance. Like it was in a little bar area, so there was a lot of space to work with and there didn't look like that many fans. And yeah, I really kind of was like, this is one of these little walk walk through GCW shows. But by match three, match four. It turned up to like, what am I watching and why are they getting, <laughs> why is this small crowd getting such a good show? Like it was good. And uh, we will talk about uh, in more depth of everything that happened uh, on the next podcast. But I just, I did want to say that Wisconsin death trip was a surprisingly out of nowhere, super fun show. Mm, yeah. I'm, I've, I, uh, I did the review for this one. I got through about an hour. And so it sounds like I stopped for the right good before stuff. I hit gold. Yeah, you're about to hit the good, good. stuff there, and it's going to be fun. So going into tonight's Nick Gage Invitational 7 from Summit Park District, Chicago, Illinois. And uh, I, I like the venue. I, I Every time I see that venue right now, my immediately thought is an NGI or tons of violence because uh, that's where they had the last couple uh, NGI tournaments. And um, they also worked with Black Label Pro a couple of years ago in that same venue for the two cup stuff and three cup oh, stuff and stuff right. like that too. So, and that's one thing I was going to ask too, just to kind of quickly go back to that Black Label Pro. Like, were they, they weren't in the same building, were they? Or was it in a different building? Oh, you're asking me a tough one. Okay, I couldn't honestly tell you with a sure answer. Okay. Cause I saw like, yeah. as this kind of night was going on, the NGI, I didn't expect to see jordan oliver there because he was announced for another show that day and i'm like oh, okay so like i didn't see the location or where but uh as we mm. get to the scramble match later jordan shows up and i'm like whoa like he showed up but i didn't know where the event was and i saw like pictures of nick kind of hanging out um behind the oh, curtains but you see him kind of go through the curtains and he's he's out there still watching nick wayne and jordan's matches even though uh it's not even his show and like effie even made a comment to nick gage like dude don't you got your own like deathmatch tournament to run tonight and he's like oh i gotta be here to support my boys jordo and nick so i thought that was pretty cool seeing it because it was a nice surprise scene for me seeing jordan there because i didn't think he was on the card because he was announced somewhere else but that was that's what made me wonder if it was like in a venue close to it or in the same venue okay so i'm looking it up right now 
It was in Crown Point, Indiana. So the only reason it might work would be if Crown Point, Indiana is right on the border of Illinois. I, I couldn't honestly tell you how it goes down, but I mean, if it was a 30, 45 minute drive, he could probably yeah. catch it. Yeah. Oh. It was just a pleasant surprise because uh, I didn't know oh, yeah. where that Black Label Pro show was. Cause like I said, they ran shows at the same building the same day as uh, um, GCW before. So um, yeah, I just kind of always remind this, this venue reminds me of, this puts me in NGI or um, the Art of War Games weekend kind of stuff. This, even good, though the good memories, yeah, the Art of War Games, like I think it was like the Saturday show was the big one, but they had a Friday show in the same venue. But the obviously when they did Art of War Games, they need a lot more space and everything, so they kind of uh, put it into like it looks like it. I don't know if it's outdoors or not, but it looks like it's under like a tent area, which is always a pretty cool visual too. Mm-hmm. So. The one thing that GCW can be proud of here was that this was the large the largest attendance for for an NGI. And um, the second piece of news was that Nick Gage comes out and he receives the love from the fans. He gets in the ring, he does his thing, and he announces that from here forward, the Nick Gage Invitational will stay in Chicago. I think it's good. I I like how. Atlantic City gets the TOS. I'm all for it. I love the crowd mm-hmm. there during TOS. It's fun. It seems like that's known for TOS. And I'm kind of, like I said, I we've seen the Nick Gage Invitational in the same venue. I'm, I was very happy when Nick Gage announced that because I just, I see that venue, I immediately think of ultra violence and crazy deathmatch tournaments. So I am glad that they are keeping the NGI in that same building. While it does kind of suck that I would like for them to do more tournaments like in other places, but I'm kind of glad they kind of got a home for their two big tournaments of the year. But um, it's still selfishly kind of want to see a deathmatch tournament out here in Vegas or somewhere kind of close, maybe even <laughs> L.A. Just to kind of say, see one. Yeah, right. Because I always talk about hey. TOS, go to TOS because it's during the summer and I'm not teaching. But I just like no, I get that. To fly all the way out there for the weekend. It's like for like 400 bucks that like, ah, I can't justify that. <laughs> No, I got you. Yeah, I mean, my argument is you guys all fly right over Vegas to get to LA. Just come on through. Yes, There's a place, man. I'll give you somebody to talk to. Somebody will give you a venue for sure. Yeah, I just, I, I want to go to see a card at the showboat. But in my mind, I'm kind of yeah. like, uh, the only way I'm going out there is for a TOS. So maybe next year I could uh, work out a TOS thing. Cause I would like to do a deathmatch tournament. Uh, watch a whole show like that, but anyway that off the list yes exactly kind of like i'm I'm trying to talk myself into if i can go here on december you're going you're going (laughs) hopefully uh i think we skipped ahead i don't even know if we announced that on the last show or not but just in case uh vikingo was announced for gcw's america's most wanted and uh la december 16th trying to go out there i the reason i even went to my first la show was just to go see suzuki i was like hey can i go see suzuki my wife's like yeah let's go and like, okay, and that's was our first traveling show. That was her first GCW scene, Suki versus uh, Gage. So um, I could make the trip out there for Vikingo. I've been asking for Vikingo for yep. damn near almost two years. So uh finally get my wish. So I guess I should hold up my promise in my end of the deal where the GCW's giving me Vikingo. I need to make that. We will go into the first matchup of the evening. First first round matchup. And it is a three-way death match as... The reigning NGI champion, Alex Cologne, goes against Hunter Freeman and Sawyer Wreck. And I'm kind of glad that 
with the nine-person field, I assumed that there was going to be a triple or a three-way match, and I'm actually this was the perfect one because you got the reigning champion in there with two newcomers who are kind of still new experience-wise in the death matches, and I think obviously if you're going to put them in with anybody else, you put them in with the probably their other than Nick Gage, the most uh experienced deathmatch wrestler and Alex Cologne to kind of carry them or help them not carry them through but help them through the match and I yeah this first match of the night uh <laughs> kind of set the bar very high for the the rest of the night um what was your thoughts on this matchup okay so I've started to learn that generally the GCW formula with shows like this where there's a lot of death matches is that they will start off as most companies or as most shows should a touch lighter and then second hour gets a little crazier. Third hour, shit just goes nuts. Well, <laughs> after the first match, I'm like, please tell me this isn't the basement because I don't even want to know what the finals are going to look like. I was, I oh legit was kind of scared, like not scared, but I'm like, oh my God, after this first match, like if it gets more <laughs> violent, this is going to be a dangerous tournament. Cause I was like, I legit was like, that's the first match of the night. We still got at least another five six matches total so um yeah i was the and same way too. yeah i just said if that's like the basement of what we're gonna get they're only gonna get more crazier and more violent i was thinking like there's gonna be a bad injury because just the way they were pushing themselves yeah so this first match was a fantastic opener i don't i don't know of too many more death matches where um well i'll i'll mention that at the end because i don't want to give away our win Cologne comes out first with a huge bundle of tubes. I counted roughly 18 tubes, give or take a couple. This big old, looked like a tree trunk of light tubes. Hunter comes out. I'm going to say it again. He's country tough. He uh, has a light tube bundle covered in cut soda cans, which did not look pretty. If somebody... okay, Oh, those were the liquid death. Yeah. Soda cans? The liquid Ooh. death cans. I thought that was like perfect, uh, br like branding for the cans, like liquid death in a death match setting. I loved it, dude. I'm I'm really surprised if they haven't. They should be doing some kind of a partnership with them because I think that kind of works, and I think the wrestling crowd is one of those kind of crowds that would drink. So, uh, yeah, uh, Sawyer, she comes out with a box of light tubes. Immediately, we're getting Sawyer chance when she entered. She's the favorite. It was very obvious, which is awkward because Cologne is supposed to be the man and Hunter and Sawyer are like the, um, the younger brothers and sisters that are just finally able to step out on the stage for the first time. And uh, I was really happy to see that all three were really well received. And this match started with Hunter completely blindsiding Cologne with a huge bundle of tubes and the shock with the fans created this huge GCW chant. Everyone was surprised. It was aggressive. It was the way it should have, it should have started out. Hunter is known for these. If anybody's starting to realize he will start a show by throwing something at your fucking face. <laughs> I, I love it. It's the way it should be. The fans loved it again. This was just the start of the start. And it was just, the crowd was already cheering from the beginning. Okay, so here we go with our little rundown that I like to do. So I'm going to go ahead and mention it again for people who haven't heard it before. When it comes to death matches, I like to do a rundown of what happens minute by minute if there's something worth mentioning in that minute. And I do this because death matches are a lot of impacts and hits. 
So I try to stick to weapons and maybe some high spots. So you may have to stick with me tonight and bear with me because there's a lot of reading from uh, John Wolf's perspective tonight. So here we go. This first, the first four minutes of this was strictly light tubes. I did not give a, a one, two, or a three. Shit was just flying everywhere. You could see hands coming in the ring, just grabbing chunks of light tube out so these performers could do their job. Right at the start of that minute four, though, here comes this huge stuffed bear with these gusset plates, skewers, and barbed wire all over it. Um, man, what you think about that fucking bear? I saw it. I'm like, okay, someone's going to get tossed on that bear because of all the fuckery on it. And I, I, I don't know, like, if they, I didn't hear a story about why it was a stuffed bear or anything. Like, maybe it had something to do with the Chicago stuff. But, um, I just loved how Cologne picked it up and, like, the fans are cheering. And then he gives the bear, like, a razor's edge out of the ring, like, to throw it onto, uh, Sawyer and Hunter. And they just kind of both move out of the way. The bear hits the ground and, like, they just look up at Cologne, like, really? And then the crowd, like, no sold it at all. Like, I thought the crowd would chant, like, you fucked up, you fucked up or something. They're just like, yeah, uh, okay, that's it. And then I just loved Alex Cologne in the rings. Like, sorry, guys, that's a spot I thought you guys were pop for. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. Let's just continue on. I just loved Alex's Cologne reaction to it. It's like, uh, I don't know what I was thinking either, but it, th it was good in the moment kind of thing. And well, I, I like, oh, good, good. No, no, no. We're going to complete your thought, my friend. I just like how, too, at the beginning when Hunter Freeman hit Cologne with the um the light tube and it kind of got cologne out of their way i thought maybe that's what this match would kind of would be with hunter and sawyer teaming up against cologne to kind of keep him out of the way since he's the defending champion and then they would just handle their own business against each other with alex on the outside i was kind of uh thinking that's how it would kind of turn out that's kind of what the match did turn into a little bit but not as much as i originally thought well i'll tell you what this was okay something i failed to mention was that there was a lot of wrestling in this also. It wasn't just swing, bada, bada, swing, but there was a hell of a lot of swinging going on. Minute five, Hunter brought out his patented screwdriver and started to make people pay for the fact that he even had to bring it with him because that thing was huge. Have you seen that thing? Yeah. It's like, it's like a forearm. Huh? <laughs> it's an entire forearm. Uh, minute six, wrestling. Minute seven, a barbed wire covered door is in the ring, propped up in the corner. Minute eight. This, for me, I believe off the top of my head was the spot of the night. If it wasn't, this was the most memorable spot of the entire night. There's a spot where Sawyer gets cologne and hooks him up in the gory special, which is fantastic to see, you know, Sawyer get cologne up there. But then she kind of bends down and gets a hold of Hunter, and she gets Hunter in a Boston crap at the same time. So she's literally got cologne and she's stretching him over her back and then she's fucking pulling back at the same time and she's got Hunter fucking screaming. And I mean, that was just one of those moments is totally GCW because there's that lady, that woman in there showing women's power and she's just got these two men just screaming their asses off. You know, you got one deathmatch legend and one deathmatch uh, one day we hope to be a legend. And um, yeah, for me, that was impressive. I agree with you too that how that was kind of the spot of the night because I when I first saw it I was just like wow this is the, I, this was the first time I was actually very impressed with Sawyer Red because it looked so cool the spot where I know she'd like done the choke slam to uh, Joey Janelle off the top rope through a table and stuff like that but seeing the way that she had Cologne and Hunter in this 
Corey special Boston Crab. I, I thought the same thing. I thought that this was the moment of the match and like probably her signature moment because it, it looks so cool. And like the crowd loved it too. The crowd was eating it up. I, I enjoyed that spot. Like that was the first time I was like, oh shit, Stoyer might actually win this. I thought that'd be kind of a cool way for her to win. Dude, this thing was absolutely fantastic from beginning to end. Uh, minute nine, Sawyer hit Cologne with a wiffle ball bat covered in light tubes. Minute 10, Hunter hits Sawyer with a running power slam into that barbed wire door that was propped up earlier I was talking about. We had This Is Awesome chants coming out. Minute 11, Sawyer chants. The young kids were primarily beating up on Cologne, and I really like to see it. And I love Cologne. I understand the whole situation with him um, taking some time off soon. And I think this was a good way to do it. This was the young kids showing that they're able to start to beat up on the teacher just a little bit. It might take two of them. Yeah, they're starting to get there. Uh, minute 12 was fantastic. Sawyer kicked off the ring and onto a barbed wire door that was waiting below. And it was just a nasty, nasty spot. But our winner, Alex Cologne, a one man Spanish fly on Hunter Freeman for the win. Uh, wow. Yeah. Like I said earlier, I, I just, I'm like, I look at my wife. I'm like, really? This is match one. <laughs> Holy shit. And I'm thinking, you know, the formula is come out hard and heavy on match one like you would with a scramble or something. But that that formula generally doesn't happen in death matches. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the, uh, one spot, too, I can't remember. I know we talked about it, but I don't know if we said the spot or not. Um, Hunter Freeman gets slammed onto those liquid death co- uh, the cans. And I, that's a spot. Whenever I see those cans come out, I'm just like, I don't know how these like major chunks don't come off these wrestlers because like I've slipped I've slipped my thumb like a couple times on like the can, like just pushing that little mm-hmm. thing in, especially as a kid, you mess with it like just gash right there. And I couldn't imagine a jagged edge soda can landing on top of them all. And when Hunter Freeman landed on him, not a single one collapsed. They all just stayed up too. Like there was no give. They didn't like just crumble underneath of them. Like they all stayed up and he just like hit it and then fell off. I was like, holy shit. Cause that's what always kind of gets me to, like I said, because I just don't see how they can do that spot safely. Yeah. Those cans were stiff as fuck. It was funny as yeah. Uh, from our perspective, it was funny. As I well. don't think Hunter was um, laughing. <laughs> well, I mean, even when you're a kid, if you've ever like taken a can long ways and like crushed it, even those little points yep. when the, you know, the can crumples up there, those fucking points are written in. They don't move. I mean, you're really, it's almost more dangerous when those things crumple up because there's so many edges. I don't know, but it was, it was nasty. Uh, Cologne grabs the mic at that point and he vows that he's going to repeat his win from last year. And this, this match shows that he was serious for sure, because he was already nice and bloodied up all from match one. Um, all, all competitors really did shine in different ways. Cologne, he came out as a solid threat, great worker, you know, Sawyer's part. She was a never say no kind of person, tough as anyone out there. And then Hunter, so far, we've never seen him let off the gas in any match. And same thing, hard worker. It was a, it was a great three-way and not, there wasn't one of them that looked weak. There was like one 100% veteran and two 90 percenters that are on their way to 100 in no time. That's the way I looked at it. Like if there were little life bars, yeah. you know what I mean? Like if this is a video game, like if we'd rank them, I'd put him as 100 and them as like 290, somewhere in there because... Uh, Wow. Yeah, I, I agree with they you. They were the equalizer. This all three competitors shine during this match. I, I'm right there with you. I don't have like 
<laughs> that was this was a great opening match. Like I was just like I kind of had my jaw to the floor too. I'm like, holy shit, that's the first match of round one. Like we got a whole night of this. This is gonna be crazy. And I thank this for their debut in deathmatch tournaments. I think in GCW deathmatch tournaments at least. I thought this was a very good performance and showing from Sawyer Rec and Hunter Freeman. I definitely think they def uh put their stamp on we're in the deathmatch. We need to be mentioned with these other people that uh are considered top of the line deathmatchers in the world because they, yeah, they just go. There's like no fear. They just go with whatever crazy spots are going to take. They deliver some really good looking spots as we saw in this match. And I, yeah, that was great. Great first match of the <laughs> night. I don't know. Like I said, I, I was shaking my head, just like stunned. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Wow. We still got like six more matches. I don't know how this is going to turn <laughs> out this rest of the night. So for me, um, I want to tell people because I'm starting to realize we've said kind of the same things a couple times in this match where we're we're stunned or wow or even now we're still tripping ourselves up here and there on how to find words to describe like to describe what we watched and how much this was above what we expected. Like, yeah, especially for the first match of the death match night. <laughs> that was one of that too, like how when you're pacing these matches, do you want to start off slow in the first couple rounds and then pick it up in the finals or kind of just go crazy at the beginning while you have all the energy and adrenaline because it's going to be hard ooh, to get ooh. that. No, oh, just wrestlers in general. Oh, okay, go ahead. Okay. Not, not, I mean, my perfect answer, but my answer would be primarily what was done at the last TOS where every match had its own thing going on and some of the matches were a little more violent than the others. Um, some stuck out more than the others. It did get a little more violent over time. I've seen that kind of a TOS come out. And then I've also seen another deathmatch tournament, or no, another deathmatch um, show that was put on by GCW. I just can't remember which one off the top of my head. And that one, it just got more and more violent as the night went along. And there wasn't many differentiation of weapons. So like a TOS, you'd see a chair-heavy show, or I mean a chair-heavy match, uh, a table-heavy match. And then here comes light too. So, I mean, that would be my answer would be that you would have gimmick matches down here. This is a chair match, more or less. Death yeah. Match, but it would be chair heavy. I've, I've seen them do it either at a TOS or NGI2. Like, hey, this is the, the 10,000 thumbtack match. Or this was the, this yes, match is yes. no rope barbed wire. This match is 200 light tube match or something like that. I've seen them do that, that kind of stuff. I just. I was like, I was thinking about this this night. I'm like, man, are they going to pick it up in round two or they're going to like slow it down? Because <laughs> I don't know how you could pick it up after that. It was just insane. And uh, the insanity continues with the next matchup of the first round of Cyclope versus Uda. And I, of course, was excited to see Cyclope um, going against Sakuda because I never really saw too much of Sakuda before. Um, at first, I was confusing him with him and Sagura, but then. Yeah, once I saw the Sakuda, I'm like, no, that's not the same name I've been saying and who I was thinking was originally coming up. So I was interested to kind of see what we would get from Sakuda um, during this tournament because I didn't really know much of, of him. And yeah, I think that was a perfect, perfect matchup to put him against Cyclope to kind of see what Sakuda is all about because he does a little different style of uh, death matches than I'm accustomed to in GC. <laughs> okay, Sakuda is crazy. That's the best That's a better word, yeah. It. The guy has balls. We have seen him before. I can't name specific shows. We've seen him at least one or two times. We just haven't done the, the review on it because it was before we had started the podcast. Ciclope has no boundaries, and it was obvious in this match. 
the um the match started with legitimate wrestling for about the first two minutes and then finally we get that first light tube bundle broken on sakuda and a wiffle ball bat thumbtacks had finally been showed up had shown up in this match minute three a cut aluminum can into sakuda's forehead was freaking nasty minute four a chair duel sakuda loses uh Minute five and six was wrestling, and I generally don't mention that too much, but it was good fucking wrestling. I mean, we're putting it on. Minute seven, these skewers come out, and Sakuda gets the skewers pushed into his cheek. I'm talking about those wooden ones that everybody gets pushed into their whore, uh, forehead like a unicorn horn kind of thing. No, this was a good chunk of a bundle, probably uh, a little larger around than a quarter, and they put them up against sakuda's cheek cyclope did and started hammering on the end of it like you would when you're trying to put it onto someone's forehead and lo and behold if he didn't stick a whole (laughs) chunk of those fucking skewers into his cheek and you can actually see his cheek bulging and red and irritated where it's like this huge lump or balloon underneath his cheek i've never seen anything like it yeah, that I, that was the spot too. I'm like, oh shit, we're not stopping with match two. It's gonna just keep on getting oh. crazier. I said, oh shit, earlier because I forgot it was who was in the the Japan shows that we kind of just covered a couple. Oh, we didn't really cover. Well, we covered a little bit of them on their last uh, Japan tour, and I just because I don't listen with sound, I totally forgot that was Sakuda. Yeah, yeah. Uh, minute eight, Sakuda was superplexed off the top rope onto an upside down chair and hit back first. Luckily, only a small part of him hit. He kind of shot over it just a little bit. Yes, I think Ciclope took the worst end on that one. I I couldn't believe. So right there was two things I don't know if I'd seen before. I'm sure I've seen it upside down. I, I don't know how sure. I'm sure I've seen it up. No, in 40 damn years, damn near wrestling, I'm sure I've seen it upside down chair. Yeah, Cole Radrick. Dangerous as fuck. Cole Radrick seems to use it a lot lately. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Okay. Minute 11, the metal skewers come out. This is one of the things Sakuda just loves pulling off. So Cyclope has a skewer put into his cheek, which goes through his mouth and then through the other cheek. And then um, Kuda grabs a Cyclope by the skewers, one on each side, like, uh, I don't know, just holding on to him like a pair of handlebars and starts swinging him around by the face, by that skewer. And um, it was just a nasty, nasty thing. Minute 15, Sakuda hits a sliced bread through a glass pane onto Cyclope. But our winner, Cyclope, he uh, taps out Sakuda via a chokehold, which was absolutely fantastic looking. Because he's and my notes cheapen. My notes cheapen what really went on here. Um, there was a spot where Sakuda went through a stack of doors on the outside that looked absolutely fantastic. But uh, yeah, man, Cyclope is going to the second round. And the visual of him winning with that chokehold is amazing because he still yes. has, he wrestled those last few minutes with this skewer still in his mouth. He waited until the very oh, yeah. end of the, like that match and got right up into the camera and pulled it out of his mouth. And um, even when he was pulling it out of his mouth, the cheek, you could see like his cheek just like fully pour, pulling away from his face. It was, I, that was intense. That was yeah. crazy to see. Like Cicope is a madman. But I just loved how he kind of, like, I did get scared too, but wrestling four or five minutes with that skewer still stuck in his mouth, I'm like, this is going to be bad because <laughs> nothing could yeah. go right with this spot. Okay, so once the skewer went through his mouth was the moment where I turned back to my wife and I told her, 
whatever the fuck I said in, in this first match, erase it. Now I'm wondering how the hell this gets any worse because I'm like, fuck, they're skewering motherfuckers. How much worse can it get? Um, I, dude, I, wow. I was the same way. I ran downstairs to kind of get a wow. quick drink after this match. And like my wife goes, oh, how's, how's the show so far? I'm like, we're only in match two. And I'm like stunned. This is so nuts of what they're doing to mm -hmm. each other. It's like crazy. Like it just started. This is going to be a crazy night. And I think why they did push themselves so crazy too, because as you said, this was the largest audience in NGI history, like in person, they yeah. said. Yeah. But you got to imagine like how Brett said, for five bucks on the Fight TV Plus, this might have been their biggest audience just ever watching a GCW show just based off of the Fight TV subscribers as well. Because, I mean, for five bucks, they probably got a lot of new influx of new subscriptions, of what I'm going to assume. And, of course, the people that probably pay 20 bucks every single show just end up getting the $5 package because, hey, it's cheaper than the 20 bucks a weekend. So I'm just assuming they had their normal amount of viewership. But also with this new membership of or the new Fight TV Plus membership, I think they got a lot more new fans to get their eyes on the products. And that's where I this is when I started thinking, like, okay, they're gonna go balls to the wall here because this is probably one of their biggest audiences they ever had. They gotta they're gonna make a statement. And after those first two matches, I think the statement was already made that everyone that is not familiar with GCW is about to get very familiar with how violent and crazy GCW shows are. So what I'm thinking is I want to see that camera come back out and pan the crowd. Do you know how they always have the, the camera come out and just because this was a good looking crowd. And I think there was enough where they probably should have shown off the size of the amount of people that came out to see that show out there in good old uh, snowy or not snowy, but cold ass Chicago at that time. They kind of did like when uh, MLJ does is like I'm in Chicago. And then now oh, it's like the biggest crowd. They kind of zoomed out a little bit from the hard oh, okay, cam okay, video. Okay. They just kind of, they didn't pan across, but they did zoom out to kind of show a lot more fans than what they originally had on that uh, camera view. Our third matchup of the evening, third first round matchup was the one I was looking forward to the most. Cole Radrick against Miedo Extremo. Um, I'm not going to lie. I was, I had a little biasy issue for uh, this tournament, I was very much hoping for a Fiedo and Ciclope final or just even a matchup. Ooh. I was kind of hoping for the final, but I would have been just pleasant to see a uh, a regular matchup or a, a second round matchup or semifinals. I would have been fine seeing that because uh, I think I was telling you and like my other friend who's kind of getting into GCW a little bit. Like I, I think with all these new eyes and all the new faces or people watching gcw for the maybe for the first time or for some people that have watched gcw and don't really know how crazy miedo and ciclope could get like how they did at ngi2 i was really hoping that would be a showcase for the los macisos to kind of uh showcase what they're really all about and why gcw like brett put so much investment and energy to get them over here back into the states from mexico after the whole covid stuff and everything reopened up um, I was kind of hoping for that little showcase match. So I was really rooting for Miedo during this match. I have, like That's one of the first times ever I had to. I wrote root against Cole Radrick, but I was definitely rooting for Miedo during this matchup. What was your thoughts on this match? I knew it was going to be bloody. <laughs> Plain and simple, I knew this one was going to be fucking bloody. I felt that Radrick was probably going to end up being a pincushion on this one, honestly, because, again, he's such a bleeder, and Miedo knows what the hell he's doing. He's a veteran. He's trusted. 
And I think between those two, some crazy shit was going to go down. Um, I was going to look for Miedo to do a little bit more of the high flying, and Radrick was probably going to stay on the ground and be the tank that takes a lot more of the damage and gives a lot more damage. Uh, there was a lot of opening wrestling in this one. Minute two, there was a chair thrown at Miedo's head that looked really fucking nasty. Minute three wrestling. Minute four, light tubes are finally in play in this match. It's so funny to see how the first two matches, all kinds of glass going on. And then in this match, not so much. It takes a little while to settle in on. Minute, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I love that. Yeah, I love that because it gets to show like, hey, just because it's a death match doesn't mean we don't, we don't need all this fuckery to tell a great story. And to, yeah. I mean, it, we know it's going to get violent, but we don't need the whole match to be the violence. And I thought this was a great showcase of the GCW style of death matches where we always say, this is what, in my opinion, because I don't follow a lot of these other death match companies, but from what I watch these other death match companies, it's the wrestling kind of goes to the wayside where mm-hmm. GCW... Especially in this match, you see a lot of wrestling, and then they incorporate the fuckery with the wrestling. And I, I loved that first couple minutes of this match just because it showed a different style than, as you said, what we saw during the first two matchups. Yeah, and it's funny because right around minute five in my notes here, it literally says this first five minutes had a ton of wrestling, and both men are capable of it. So why the hell not do that? And it showed. Minute six, a double-decker bridge of doors were being built on the floor. Minute seven, it felt like there was a lot of setup more than there was wrestling because both men had taken so much damage. They weren't running and sprinting around the ring at this point. They were having a hard time walking around. They were both in pain. Minute eight, there was a pane of glass in the ring that was put up across two chairs. Miedo tosses Ratty through that glass from the top rope. Nasty, nasty spot. Minute nine, Radrick thrown through a double-decker bridge of doors that was built earlier that I was talking about. I, um... He just, dude is just so tough. He really, really, really was earning his, well, both guys were, but now that I'm looking at my bullet points here on some of the stuff, man, Cole took a really fucking hard beating on this one. I wrote that both men went hard. It's kind of funny. I'm repeating myself <laughs> on that one, but yeah, I put that both men went hard on this one. Our winner though, Cole Radrick with a roll up after Miedo kicks out of little Sebastian's curse. Um, great finish. I was really surprised with this one because I thought the finish was going to be that little Sebastian's curse and he kicked out. And I'm like, yeah, what the hell was that? No complaints, though, because I like the surprise. And oh, man, this is one of the few times where Radrick and Extremo met up and I actually cared about who won. Because otherwise, I'd just be so damn thankful that they're facing off. Yeah, I, I love the ending, too. Like uh, when he kicked when Miedo kicked out at one, I'm like, yes. And his hulking uh-huh. up and I was like, yes, I still get to see my dream matchup. And then. The roll-up happened. I'm like, wait, that was three. Wait, wait. I was just so excited. I thought maybe it was going to come back. You can't quickly roll him up like that. You got to give him the full well, the full comeback. But I like it. It was a nice, pleasant surprise. A very unexpected finish. Um, the spot for me in this matchup, I don't know if I, I don't think I heard you say it, but on the outside when uh, Miedo, or Cole put Miedo in the chair on the outside and was sitting and Cole does his little kind of like running across the outside and then does the cannonball threw the wrestler onto the chair. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I loved how uh, Cole went for the front flip for the cannonball. Miedo caught him, lifted him up into a powerbomb and powerbombed him onto the, the apron on the outside of the ring. I loved it. And I think it was MLJ. I'm not sure who said it. Um, I loved how he called it out. Where, hey, that takes incredible strength, especially from a man with one arm, one functioning arm, because <laughs> his arm still messed up from Fight Club, Miedo's yep. is, when yep. he dislocated it. 
two or three times. I don't know however many times he dislocated it uh, those two nights, but he's still wearing all the tape and everything, the, sh the shoulder guard around it. And I love that little callback. It was like, hey, that's a that's a very impressive move for those of you that might not understand because he was hurt and dislocated his arm a couple weeks ago. So I like the callback, and I, I love the move because I, I didn't expect to see it because – Usually the cannonball would just miss if he were to miss. Like, Mieta would have fell out the chair and Cole would have just ran his back into the chair and fell over. Like, I never saw Cole get caught and then powerbombed. I thought that was a cool matchup. And once again, the third matchup of the night, and we've seen shit we've never seen before. And mm -hmm. I'm the same way. Like, even though I, didn't get, I don't get my dream match no more, I, uh, I was very happy with this match. Unfortunately, Mieta didn't win, but this was a fun, entertaining match, and I loved the ending especially. I, uh, wow. Uh, here's what I will say, and I want to give, you know, the people their due who work hard. Krayzak and Emil, it seemed like they both really picked up their energy. This show, the energy was fantastic. It was more exciting. Again, I don't know, I don't think, I mean, I mean much or matter, but I will tell you, it's nice for me to be able to say, hey, you know what, it, it could use a little energy. And you know what? That energy's there. I'm hoping maybe there was just a show or two where it was just a little lower than usual on the tone because now it's picked up this whole fucking show from front to back. These guys were on the edge of their seats with their commentary. I love it. Yeah, I, they, they picked up the energy, and that's what we've been kind of saying. We kind of miss is the energy, the excitement, the authenticity of the announced team uh, lately. And, yeah, I didn't have much to say about it because I – I did listen to it, but I wasn't. I was focused on all the bloodiness and the violence in front of me. Like I wasn't even really paying attention too much to the commentary, just because I had enough stimuli going on <laughs> visually that I needed yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. audibly. But um, I did remember, like I said, MLJ saying that one spot, which I loved. I love the callback to it for fans that maybe didn't doesn't know why Mieto was all taped up and how that move was kind of cool uh, to see done because it it was impressive. I liked it. Very yeah, once again another. Oh, I was gonna say another entertaining match. No, he uh, yeah, he jacked his shoulder up. Now he's on what like show six <laughs> since he messed that thing up. Yeah, and it's still taped up. And dude is earning his money. No shit. He could just sit at home and try to run his own company and you know do a couple shows and heal up. He's working through all that shit. I gotta respect that. And that that that's one of the main reasons I loved him, and that's why I was kind of hoping. Because what am I like when I think of these deathmatch tournaments? One of the most violent ones I've matches I've seen in these GCW deathmatch tournaments was Miedo versus Ciclope. Now I always thought it was at NGI, but it was actually at TOS uh, three, I think, or four when they went against each other, and it was just nuts, <laughs> it, like just absolute violence and chaos. And that's what I was kind of hoping these new fans with the new fight TV stuff would kind of see um, from Los Macisos, but. I, I understand where the kind of the whole tournament kind of went and it absolutely makes sense. But selfishly, I was kind of hoping for a different outcome for that match. That will lead us into our final matchup in the first as Big Joe goes against John Wayne Murdoch. And I was excited for this matchup. Um, I haven't seen too much of Big Joe as much as probably you have and all these other companies that I know he wrestles in. Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. But I was very excited to see what, how he would hold his own against John Wayne Murdoch. And um, as I, th I don't know if I saw it in your notes, I thought I saw it. But I, yeah, Big Joe needs to be wrestling a lot more often for W after th this matchup because 
this was a very another fun matchup with John Wayne Murdoch. Yeah, I've I've been one of those people. I'm a big fan of Big Joe. Uh, he's a legit tough guy. I believe his real job is as a real being. The way that he makes his yeah is a bouncer, I believe, at a bar or a club in England somewhere. So don't quote me on all that. I may be completely wrong, but uh, I believe that's what he does outside of wrestling. <clears throat> but this one hurt because I really wanted both of these guys to move forward. Um, tournaments gets me emotionally invested, whereas I don't know why. Even as long as I've been watching now, I'm always just a little more invested when there's tournaments. And again, there's stakes at hand. That's go, why I think yeah, that's why for me I'm the same way. I get excited for tournaments. And I think that's just because there's a prize at the end or stakes are involved. I think there's a reason instead of just a cool dream matchup. I think there's a reason these two are going after it. That makes, uh, for me, me mostly invested is seeing these wrestlers have something on the line to go for. And I'm happy they put a little prestige in winning these because let's be honest, fighting or, you know, performing three shows a night and them being uh, death matches, that's got to be hell on the adrenaline. I mean, oh my God. I can't, I can't imagine going out there, going through all of that and then, all right, bud, well, you have to sit for 45 minutes while the next three matches kind of, you know, work themselves out, and then we'll see you in round two. And it's like, oh, that's got to be hard because, dude, you and I have both played sports in some capacity or another. You know, let's go out there and play basketball for an hour, 45 minutes. Let's, let's play for 45 minutes and then sit down. And then when you stand up five minutes later, it's like your ankles and your feet, you can barely, you know, I'm like, once the adrenaline starts to drain at minute 20 after that match is over and that pain starts to kick in, God, it's got to suck for them to get a hold of you and go, all right, man, you're up again. And then I, that's what I was saying. I don't oh. think they get much energy the second time around because they use so much the first time. And there's now they got to do the same thing except through a bunch of pain and injuries, possibly because mm -hmm. of all the shit that happened in the first matchup or the second matchup of the their tournament. <laughs> so, uh, one of my favorite parts of this show was the cardboard cutout of The Rock. Making his GCW his debut. Alcohol. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> he had light tubes attached to him. He was Dwayne the Light Tube Johnson. It's really <laughs> nice to see him out there. Uh, Joe came out with a tree branch, which was questionable, but fucking hilarious. I loved it. Okay, so I think, no, I know you mentioned it first, but I'm going to be the one to kind of say something about it. Murdoch and Tremont, I think, are the same. Like, they have the same spirit. I, it's like Murdoch is walking where Tremont walked 10 years before. I mean, they're looking similar. They have the shaved, you know, Murdoch came out with the shaved head. It got the redheaded beard going on. He's starting to get, like, that little baby bump on the head up front. Yeah, that's what I said, too. <laughs> that's what I was like, hey, yeah. Murdoch's starting to get that little bump like, uh, like Matt does. Yeah, that's his baby Murdoch growing. So that's <laughs> okay. So uh, <clears throat> here we go. So minute one, light two bundles are out and being swung. Joe was taking most of the damage in the beginning here. Minute three, Murdoch was swinging the tree onto Joe. Minute four, Dwayne comes out to Rocky Chance. Big fucking Joe. Rock bottoms John Wayne Murdoch onto Dwayne the light two Johnson. It was a beautiful spot. Yes. Minute six. Joe's shoes and socks are taken off by Murdoch. And then Joe is picked up and both of his feet are stomped onto tubes of glass on the uh, 
on the heap. It was just nasty. But overall, here we go. As the path that I kind of know Murdoch is known to take, which is the winner's path in death matches, Murdoch pulls off the win when he launched Joe into a huge light tube bundle into the corner, and it was a nasty one. Seven minutes, and this shit went quick. This was a sprint, like a deathmatch sprint. That's the best way I can describe it. Yeah, I that him bringing the tree branch out to me, like that's another, like, hey, three matches now. I've seen three things I've never seen before. Never seen yeah. a tree match or tree branch in a deathmatch before. So I was interested what kind of spots would happen with that, uh, with that weapon, quote unquote. And then, yeah, the Joe take, getting his shoes and socks getting taken off and being uh, oh. having to walk around and all that glass. I was like, holy shit. Like, what is, mm-hmm. once again, what is going on? What am I watching with this tournament? Like, this is insanity. I, I loved it. I, as you said, it was a sprint. And we kind of talked about it. And it's kind of funny about Big Joe. When uh, they did the UK matchups, they kind of had, like, those death matches. But they were, like, quick little sprints. And... Mm-hmm. We couldn't really say much other than ah, it was not that much uh, much time allotted during this match, but it did not feel like a seven-minute match because of all the craziness that happened. So even though it was short, this is another one of those times where I'm like, I don't mind it. They did everything I think they could have in those seven minutes, and I don't think how what could have made that kind of match better and right, than what it was because right. it everything fit in perfectly. I, I just yeah. have one question for you because I know you're fami- yes. more familiar with Joe. It's not a big one, yeah. but... What is that thing on his arm? You know how he has that like okay. the red type? Is it like yeah. diabetes so, or, or like the no. blood sugar? No? Okay. So I had a I had a weird thing about it too. I'm like, okay, that can't be his passport. Maybe that <laughs> you know what I mean? Because people maybe have gotten their gear stolen. I'll be honest with you. I had a friend that he was in a band. They went to Germany and performed. He lost his passport in Germany. He was ta- he was there for I think ten weeks until they got his shit figured out. This was before the internet was really, yeah, he was just sitting over there. And yeah, that, that sucks. I originally thought that's what it was. And then I thought, well, maybe it's a picture or the name of a loved one or a friend or somebody, someone somebody cares for. So last night when I watched this was the first time I think I see what it was. Do you remember when he came out with the flag in the beginning? And it's kind of like, I think it's for a clothing company of his. Do you remember he hung a flag just for a small second in the beginning? Well, anyway, he hung that there and I noticed it's the same color and it has the same everything as that little photo looking card that's on his, uh, his arm there. So I think it's promotion, honestly. That's the long answer. I, th- I think it's promotion. Um, I, I was just curious to like, I don't like, I know like Gringo has like the pacemaker and, or not pacemaker. I, I, he might have the pacemaker. He has, um, the heart condition that he wrestles with. And I just like am yeah. stunned on some of these thoughts, the spots and wrestling, how he wrestles. I'm like, God, someone with that kind of stuff, like problems in your chest and you're doing all these chops and crazy moves. Like that's insane. And I know like oh, Kyle O'Reilly, like how he's diabetic. And I was just wondering what, what that thing was. Cause I was like, man, if he's doing all this stuff, even with like the having to worry about the blood sugars and how if he's up or down and everything, like just to have that off to the side of his brain as he's competing in these death matches, I couldn't imagine it. But I've always I just saw that and I it just stuck out to me and I was like wondering if you knew what it was or not. Um, no, but I'll tell you, with all that stuff for hearts and whatnot, you're really not supposed to even get on roller coasters. So I could not imagine, you know, going <laughs> up with on like a superplex. You know, some of this stuff where. You're just getting fucking rattled. Yeah. Um, 
I have no idea. Uh, something I wanted to say about this. First of all, Joe had tremendous chances he was leading. For me, I just put Joe was awesome, big fan. I know it was very, uh, I used big words there, Joe awesome, big fan. But I wrote them nice and short because I just wanted to mention, he's fucking awesome and I'm a big fan. Um, I'm noticing that the wrestlers were working hard trying to get the crowd to make noise most of the night or more noise most of the night. That can sometimes plague a crowd. I don't know how or why, but with bigger crowds, it should be a lot more noise. But I was seeing in the very beginning, even round one, you were seeing the wrestlers, you know, throwing their hands up going, okay, come on, let's, where's the noise? And I started seeing this over and over with a lot of the performers in this. And it was, it was weird how many I saw. And then I started to pay attention. I'm noticing, um, well, we'll get to it here later, but there's a spot where Blake Christian is up and he's in total face mode. Everyone loves him. And then he's up and he's doing his thing. And you look around at the crowd and some of them are on their phones and a lot of people aren't clapping. And I'm like, this crowd needs to wake up. Like, and you could see, I don't know if it was just because it was cold, maybe, but the crowd really needed to wake up and you could tell. And they really, I'm not going to lie. They didn't wake up till the main event. I think after the first couple of matches, like it's just the ebbs and flow. And I, as we talked about match placement on some of these cards, it's a lot different with the tournaments, obviously of how they got to kind of manufactured how the night's going to go with the match order and stuff. But I, I think there was just like, like me at home after two matches, like, holy shit, I still got a lot more to go. Like I got to start pacing myself here. Cause it's been <laughs> incredible. And I think for me, I know during, if I had that scramble match later on, I'm like, okay, this, I know this match ain't going to have no weapons and stuff. And I'm going to be on my phone kind of checking stuff out of what I missed earlier in the night or like posting stuff on social media about the pictures and videos that I just took there where if, if it's a death match, I don't have shit out. Like I, I said this before, like even when I go with my wife, she's taking the videos that's the actions right in front of her. And I'm just like, I got my hands out ready to protect myself, protect her. No light tubes <laughs> to the head, no light tubes to the throat. We're all good here. So I just know if I was there, during that scramble match, I probably would have been on my phone more than any time throughout the rest of the night because it's been an incredible, that was an incredible first round. That was all four yeah, first round yeah. matches. And like I said, every match hit something to me where I've never seen before. And the creativity, the violence, and it was all so good. I loved the whole first round. And I was like, they got a lot to make up, not make up for, but they got a lot of stuff to do to kind of keep this energy, as you said, up because... That was impressive first round. Like, what's going to top that to get the fans back into it? Like you said, that's what I was thinking. Like, what are, what are they going to do in the second round where they're going to keep the same magic that they had in the first round? Because it was an incredible round of deathmatch wrestling, I think. And GCW really does do a really good job of trying to tell at least somewhat of a story with these wrestlers, and they at least make sure that they have real wrestling in there. And that's really nice to see in, um, I don't know, I was trying to go somewhere different with it, but honestly, it's just they put on such quality wrestling in these deathmatch shows that it's just there's only so many weapons and there's only so many stories that you can tell. And the wrestling really adds that layer that gets all of us to keep watching. And I just have so much respect for them putting on four different unique matches with four unique spots in them, one each. Appreciate that. Yes, I, I'm right there with you. Going into our fifth matchup of the evening, we uh um uh they went to uh what's it? another intermission during this. I don't there was no video during this intermission, but I do want to kind of call back the first couple matches in between them. 
We got a lot of video mm -hmm. packages that we've been kind of saying Love we've it. been enjoying and we want more of. But we had a lot uh, this whole weekend. We kind of got a lot of them. So um, I very much did enjoy that. But coming back from intermission, we start the semi-final round of NGI. Again, Alex Cologne, Mr. 3P, Mr. 3P goes against Eclope. And yeah, I, this was going to be wonderful. How could it not be with these two competitors? And um. Once again, another great, awesome match. Uh, I don't really have much, ne uh, not negative, but uh, add until after you kind of go through the, the moves sure, and stuff. Sure. But this, this was a very fun and entertaining match, again, to continue the pace of NGI7. Yeah. No, I get it. I know you're not trying to give it away just yet. So yeah. I'll, go, I'll go through here and I'll let you kind of, you know. So both men were receiving chance from the get-go. I was thinking Alex was going to go forward because that was primarily the story of this whole NGI. So you never know. Booking can always do whatever it wants to do, but I was really pushing for Cologne also. And same thing. I love both these guys. I know you do too. So the one thing that I noticed that made this show a lot more fun was this match and how comfortable Cologne and Ciclope looked in the ring together. If you have a chance and really look at it, the demeanor's fun. They're kind of, you know, like moving their hands like they're swimming and they just, they're enjoying themselves. And I saw this throughout the night where Cologne just looked relaxed and he was having a good time. And um, when wrestlers get to that level of their performance, that's when you get to see their personality. And that personality is what fans fall in love with. Yeah, oh. sorry. No, no, I, I was thinking like I that's the that's one of the main reasons I love Ciclope and Medio. Like you, you could tell how much fun they're having wrestling for GCW. Like, like Ciclope's got shit in his mouth, blood flying all over his body, light tubes in his back, and the dude's still smiling, joking with the crowd, giving thumbs up, even though he's getting booed from a person two inches from him. I just I love the ener the positive energy from what I see come from. Ciclope and Viedo. And th during this match, the same thing. You could tell Alex Cologne was in the zone and so happy yeah. to be there. And like, that's what makes this tougher for me because I know we kind of know what's because he's going to be taking that break, he said. Where a couple months ago, when he said this break, I saw in him, he wasn't, he lost kind of the past and the energy, the fun. The fun part of wrestling was kind of out of him at that point. And I was like, I get it, dude. You're not looking like you're having fun. No reason to go out there and risk your life in these death matches if you're not enjoying right. yourself. I get it. But something after that Rena match, every match that Alex has been in, his, he's enjoyed it. And, and you could see it in his face. You could see it in his... He's the old Alex Cologne. He's the top of the food chain. He is the three-peat. He's like, I hate to see him kind of take his break now. When he's back up to the level that I grew to love him. Oh, in. yeah. Where, like I said, if it happened a couple months ago, I get it, dude. I see it. Go take it, do whatever you need to do. Recharge the batteries if they recharge and you still got that wrestling bug. Hopefully, we see it back. If not, go do something that's going to make you happy because I'm seeing it in your performance lately that you're not enjoying what you get. And I mean, with all the shit that goes on with the wrestling world, I can absolutely understand it. It just sucks knowing that he's going to take this break now when I think he's back up to the top of his game. Well, I think storyline-wise and when it comes to matchups, yeah, for sure. And his wrestling did, I don't want to say taper off, but you're right. His heart just wasn't in it as much. And you could kind of see in the body language when he comes out, when he exits, you could just see there was a difference there. And he's, he's smiling in this show. And he's, like I said, he, he's moving his arms. He's, he's uh, animated. 
That's the word. I'm yeah, that's a good word. All right. So I know you were waiting for that minute by minute, and I kind of stopped here in this, you know, in the I got my points so here, out there. <laughs> no, no, no. That's that's you know, that makes that's what it's all about. So minute one, light tubes are in hand for both men. Both men are taking turns carving each other's head with broken tubes. Fantastic little spot. Minute two, chairs start to come out and get swung around. Minute three, a part of the tree from the last match was used on Cyclope's head. Minute five, Cologne suplexed head first through glass in the corner. Minute six, wrestling. Minute seven, both men put wooden skewers into each other's head. It was funny looking. <laughs> Minute eight onward was lots of glass and lots of wrestling, which went basically all the way to minute 11, where our winner, Alex Cologne, with a camel clutch on Cyclope, I believe there was a tap out, was there not? Um, I don't think he. Yes. I think it, uh, I can't remember if he tapped or if he passed out, but I don't think he passed out. Um, yeah, I think he tapped out on that one. Because it's camel clutch. There's really only two ways to go. Right? Yeah. Pass out or tap. Pass or tap. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what happens when you review it at night and you're like, well, you know, I can't remember how we <laughs> did that. But yeah. Um, yeah. Tell me what you're thinking on this one. Because again, this was just two. Oh, yeah. He does tap. It's like two veterans, man. Yeah. I it feels like two deathmatch veterans just kicking the shit out of each other. And in 15 years from now, we're going to be happy we got that on tape. Oh, definitely. Um, I, if it wasn't a second round matchup, I would want to see more, but obviously knowing what was ahead coming up from the winner and from, they already had one match of the night. I kind of knew it was, was going to be short. So I was, I was kind of hoping for like one of those, like, Hey, get it, get up nonstop. Go, go, go. It wasn't as nonstop as before, but I think it was fine for these two just because their facial reaction, they, they, the story that they told not actually wrestling. I think added to the 11 minute, like the depth of that match and their 11 minutes. And I, I love the pacing of it all again, too. Um, the, the, the double, uh, the skewer spot. I enjoyed very much. Oh um, yeah. I, I loved how Ciclope too kissing the, the glass pane because earlier when Miedo went against Cole, we see Miedo, like he knew he was already full of blood and kind of enjoyed it. So he like put a cross in blood right. of his own blood onto that table. It. Yep. And then Miedo, or Ciclope does the same, kind of does the same thing with kissing it because he knew his mouth was bloody. Um, I, I just, I just love them too. And uh, I'm glad I, as this, as Miedo got eliminated, I kind of knew where it was all going and I'm all for it. So I kind of knew what to expect, but I was kind of, and I, I, what made this so much for me, like wholesome. And this is why I love the Los Macisos after the match. Yedo's out there to console and not console, but like give his support to Ciclope. And that's what I love seeing back in yeah. NGI too, when they, they both were in their matches in their own respective matches, but the other brother was there to lend the support, give the support, cheer them on, fire them up. And I just love seeing their energy because like Vieto like doesn't have to be out there for this match. Like he and it's not like he took away. He just showed up right right at the end. That's I think as Ciclope lost and he just wanted to be out there to celebrate the moment with Ciclope. Like it's just the fun that they're having and they like I said to me. I think it's the positive energy that they're kind of bringing to the locker room for these shows, but also the energy to the crowd in person because they're just enjoying. As you said, as I I love watching the wrestlers enjoy themselves because if they're having fun, they're going to put on a great show to make sure that we're enjoying yeah, ourselves yeah. and have fun. So anytime I see wrestlers enjoying themselves and having fun, I love it. And um, 
This matchup was it was very entertaining. Not as violent as I thought it was going to be, but after the damage these two suffered in round one, um, and kind of what was going, what lies ahead for the winner, I kind of knew it wouldn't get too crazy. I thought this would be kind of like the slowdown round, as I was talking before, how you pace it. I thought this would, yeah. after how crazy the first round was, I thought, hey, they're not going to go as crazy here because they're going to save it for the very end. I, from who I thought with Alex Cologne, I thought he was saving it to the end kind of tell a better story for the tournament at the end. And I got nothing bad to say about it. I know I was rooting for Ciclope, but the writing, I knew the writing was on the wall after a Miedo loss. So um, I, I, once again, I enjoyed it. I just love everything. Yeah. His little promo at the end too. Like I like how he's, we, we talked about wrestlers getting promo time, even though it's his second promo of the night. And then he does a third one later. I don't mind it because it, it was for storyline purposes for that night. And it made, as they fan me more emotionally involved in the final and stuff like that. So I loved everything about this match. And you're right. He was pretty much saving it. Cologne got that mic and he said, get ready for real death in the next round. I thought I saw real death in the first four matches. Woof. I know. <laughs> I was going to say after that, after all that, like what in the hell does real death look like in uh, might, might be the real death that's what i was th- afraid of yeah, earlier huh? than i was actually a real death happening or something but um <laughs> I, I also like how ciclope too like kind of was not sold it but was like playing to his teeth or like his mouth like during the different parts of this this matchup he's kind of holding his cheek where he got uh skewered with earlier so um just yeah watching oh, yeah. back now i'm watching me i don't see clope i just i don't know i just get a big old smile on my face to see i i enjoy it yeah, you know, the little extras like coming out to see your brother and whatnot. I don't know. That is understated as to how important little things like that are. That's what I'm loving about Jordan and Nick. Yep. Jordan's with the big moments. brother. Yeah. Like they're there like to. <laughs> Jordan does it all the time when they're like, hey, no, you're not beating him up. Get him out of the way. Just beat me up. You want somebody to beat up, you're beating me up. Or, hey, don't pick on him. Pick on me kind of thing. Like distracting wrestlers from beating up Nick. And. Going back to Nick Gage, being at the Black Label Pro, I think it was, and being behind the curtains, you could see him like poking his head out of the curtains, watching the Jordan Nick match. Like it's just, yeah. I like the wholesome stuff like that. I know it's weird to say wholesome during a death match, but that's the shit that kind of makes me happy as a wrestling fan. No, I get it. I'm I'm a big fan of the happy ending and the go. You know, that's why I always put all oh, the handshake. I like that feel good shit. <laughs> yeah, that always makes you feel good, obviously. <laughs> Yeah. Our next semifinal matchup is John Wayne Murdoch versus Cole Radrick. And I know this was a rematch. I just forgot what event they uh, wrestled in before, but I was expecting another fun, great match because I, stylistically, they, these two without any weapons could put on a great matchup without any weapons. And I was just kind of excited to see what new and crazy shit I would see in this matchup, like how I did the entire first round. And I did get to see something new that I was not expecting from Cole Radrick and I'll I know it's in your notes so I'll let you uh make mention of it but another fun entertaining match um John Wayne Murdoch though I was talking to somebody uh on a, on my stream when we were talking about like just the ass kicking that John Wayne Murdoch take we, we talked about in the podcast since they went to the UK Liverpool like the whole I think all those podcasts we talked about John Wayne Murdoch's just getting his ass kicked like it's got to be yep. leading up to something and as we will see it does lead up to something but since that moment a couple months ago and through the Japan shows, he was taking ass kickings. And like, I think he was been probably the most damaged wrestler in GCW 
since the Liverpool tour. So um, seeing him doing a deathmatch tournament on top of everything else he's been through over these last couple months is just crazy. And I know he worked like 300 some matches last year alone. And he did like yeah. hour long, like Iron Man death matches. Like John Wayne Murdoch over these last, pretty much ever since Liverpool has shown me why everybody loves him. And I'm starting to get that love for him of his energy, how great he is in the ring, how he could go from face to heel, face to heel. I, I love everything that John Wayne Murdoch's been doing. So I was excited to see him go against Cole Radrick. The- so the, uh, the thing that you were talking about was that Cole came out to the ring with a Nerf gun, which is fine, but it was loaded with Nerf darts and there were thumbtacks glued to the tips. I believe that's what I saw there. So I don't know. I, yeah, that was. I don't know if it was thumbtacks, but I thought I heard MLJ say it might have been a dart, like an actual dart through the middle of oh shit the thing i don't know i originally thought thumbtacks oh. too but i remember hearing dart and that kind of changed my whole thing i didn't we didn't really get a good view of what was actually in there but i remember yeah. hearing the word darts and i was like holy shit that's worse than thumbtacks like god <laughs> drew parker back in like what's going on um yeah that was the 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 new and interesting thing new weapon i seen a tree branch and a nerf gun i love it and I got that yeah, same Nerf gun too so i actually did get a little like i pulled out my <laughs> son like my son has that same one and i was like Oh, if I put a dart through there, like I was planning some stuff out in my head, which I never would have thought of before. Huh? Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. (laughs) This was, this was crazy. I like Murdoch's demeanor through this whole thing. This don't, uh, don't let anybody stop him. Not give a fuck mean as hell. Kind of tough as leather kind of attitude that he has. I think it's fantastic. The ratty daddy chants were loud and it was apparent that Chicago loves good old ratty daddy. The first couple minutes were dueling chance, and then, well, after the match started, it turned into dueling chance. The beginning of this thing was primarily the Braddy Daddy chance. Minute two, bundles of tubes were smashed into Cole's face. Minute three, Murdoch cuts Cole on a close-up, and honestly, I'll say it again, that's how it should be. If the camera's right the fuck up there, and you're supposed to be a hard-ass company who's putting on these hard-ass shows, guess what? If that camera's on you, you better fucking open that guy up. And that's exactly what Murdoch did, and that's what he's known for doing. He just went in there, and it was very simple, just a little pop, pop, and he got one spot to open real quick, and that's all it took. I just wanted to say this is, you know, we've talked about how, hey, if you're going to do a close-up, all it looks is close, closely, like, it just looks more fake. So That's another question I had for you. I was going to ask you, hey, did you notice... The uh, up close shots this time, because like, as you said, like I noticed every single one this time too. You saw blood mm-hmm. being drawn from the spot that they were attacking, and I, but I, that was, I wrote it down in my notes, and I, as you said, I'm like, oh, I forgot to pull it out. I wanted to ask you, what you, what were your thoughts on those close up shots? That was exactly yep. it. I honestly think the fact that Murdoch did it right. I just wanted to make sure I said something because just as I get on something, I want to make sure I'm also on the yes. other side of things and congratulatory on that. Um. In that same spot where he was doing the close-up, Murdoch kind of took Cole on all different sides of the ring, and he was cutting in spots. It's a great deathmatch spot everybody likes to do. Minute four, there was a gusset plate put into Cole's head, and then that Nerf gun was used on Cole. He gets shot in both arms and the neck. Yes, he's got a fucking dart. Did it sticking out of his neck? That neck one, yeah. That neck one, I was like, oh my god! Like uh, once again, what am I watching? What the fuck is going on tonight? Yeah, it uh, unique night, a very unique night. 
Uh, minute six, Murdoch got sliced on his arm. And it was enough to where you could see um, maybe a dime or a quarter. You could stick a nickel or a quarter. You could stick into that thing. It was open that much. And the thing was bleeding good. It wasn't a gusher. It wasn't, but it was bleeding fairly well. The referee comes over, patches it up fairly quickly, and we continue with the match from there. Minute seven, it literally breaks down into brawling with fists, which I kind of love to see. And this was about a minute later, and John Wayne Murdoch ends up pulling off the win with a top rope destroyer on Cole. This match had more in it than I expected. Um, there was about a minute and a half here where nothing was going on overall to where this was more like a six and a half, seven minute match if you ever go back and really look at it. They put a lot in there, but it was over quick. I don't know why. Maybe it was just to save for the final, but... Um, you're right. These two matches, these semifinals were like the breath before the final. Yeah. And it, I think that's what happened. And it makes sense. Um, I know I was texting you and I've already kind of said most of the, the majority of my uh, statement toward you with all this stuff with uh, most Macisos and being having a match up here. It completely makes sense. This is the finals. This is a this is perfect storytelling. Perfect callback because last year when Alex Colon won it, that's where. John Wade Murdoch made his return to a GCW ring and attacked Alex Cologne before he could even celebrate. And that kind of was started this whole now year long feud. And it, it makes sense. I am, it, I'm happy for it. I, I thought that's a, anyway, that's, I thought what was going to happen. If I had a bit money on it, I would have bet exactly what happened. Selfishly, I wanted Los Macisos to get their moment, but I knew storyline and the way everything was. I thought this was amazing and cool. And I don't know if it's how it's going to end when we talk about the finals, if it's over or if they're going to somehow continue it going on until Alex does take his full break. But I think if anything, once Alex takes his break, I think it needs to be that John Wayne Murdoch was the one that sent, told him to pack your bags and get the fuck out of my ring, bitch. Like how what happened last year at New Year's. So, um, Murdoch is impressive to me. I, I wonder, too, how much that energy... I kind of got scared once I saw them kind of patching up the arm. I was like, oh, shit. This is going to mess up the finals, and the finals is Alex John Wayne Murdoch. Like, this is not good, but this uh -huh. is one of the dangers of a death match. And I was like, shit, this is what I was thinking after match one. I did not want to have happened. This is what I was afraid of, is something like this kind of ruining it, because I know as you book this, like, that you have to, so no matter what, somehow get John Wayne Murdoch and Cologne in the finals to off this year-long story and um i'm just kind of glad it uh, didn't um affect the main event so my thoughts my thoughts on this one were that the match was possibly rushed a touch because of that murdoch injury and i'm kind of in the same boat as you where i saw that and i went oh shit this is such a fantastic show i really hope we don't find ourselves in a situation where this storyline that's been building up comes to some weird ending because we had no choice. And I didn't want anything to be taken away from. Like I said, I, I love the storytelling. Yeah, yeah. Like, even though it's not, yeah. wasn't exactly what I wanted to, but there's no way I could get both of what I wanted. Maybe you could have put Ciclope and Medio in the first. Um, it made total sense. And I, I, it was, I was afraid, <laughs> but luckily it didn't, didn't affect anything. And, um, we got to see a pretty fun final to John Wayne Murdoch and Cologne. And then Murdoch took the mic and he said he wanted to talk for a minute. And he starts talking a little shit. Cologne comes out. 
and they get in each other's faces and they brawl just a touch before that final match that comes on later tonight. Engage gets in between them and he basically tells them that both of these competitors need to save it for the finals and he also tells them that all the weapons are coming out of the back for the finals tonight. That is how they separated them both. Everybody went to the back. Nick went to the back. And this was our little cleanup and break um, before our scramble of the night. I love how I love how Nick got involved in this too because I didn't expect to see him out there because usually he just does his entrances, maybe commentates on one or two matches, and then that's it. I was actually kind of shocked to see him get in the ring, and then I got my hopes up. I'm like, oh shit, is the finals going to be a triple threat uh, for the GCW oh, world shit. title kind of stuff? Like my mind, I didn't think my about mind's that. Always <laughs> in Booker mode. My mind, no matter what, whenever I'm watching wrestling. Is always in Booker mode, and that's sometimes not a good thing because I can't just sit there and enjoy it. But like for the most part, I can't enjoy it. But like when something like Nick Gage comes out, my mind goes like, "Oh shit, why is he out there? What's going on? What's going to happen? Like, how, how are they going to book this? How would I book this kind of stuff?" So I immediately went there. But um, uh, yeah, once they said bring it all out, it, I went back to how their feud was going during AC stuff and how kind of personal it was like with Alex Cologne, like. Telling John Wayne to get your shit and get out of my ring. Like that was that was intense. Like I didn't know if that was shoe mm-hmm. or planned or whatnot. And we obviously never knew. And obviously they're not gonna tell us because that's the magic of wrestling. We we don't want to know if it's planned or not planned. And I was after seeing now this finals, I was kind of hoping that John Wayne Murdoch would get the victory. And like I said, kind of a be disrespectful to Alex Cologne's like, here, you wanted your you want your vacation? I'm going to give it to you, even though you don't want it right now. I'm going to give it to you anyway, kind of stuff. And like that would have made, like, in my opinion, John Wayne Murdoch now the biggest heel in the company. But even what he does, he still gets cheered when he first comes out. Like he gets yeah. cheered and booed. He gets a bit big mixture and he always just has to decide, like, okay, if I'm going to be face tonight, I'm going to play it to the crowd. If I'm going heel, I'm shitting on the crowd doing my John Wayne Murdoch kind of stuff. And I, I don't know which one. What do you prefer, John Wayne Murdoch, as a face or as a heel or as in between, or like how he is now, like going back and forth? <laughs> okay, if I were a child, I would buy his heel work. But you can look at him and see he's such a nice guy that when he tries to play heel, it's not easy for him. And you can just kind of see it's acting and force, which lets me know he's a nice guy. You can always seem to tell that. Um, I like Murdoch as a bad guy. I think Murdoch plays an awesome backwoods country scary guy that you don't know what he's capable of. You would not want to be on his property because he's a scary motherfucker. And I think that's where I like him. I kind of like the match. It needed to be. Yeah. 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 With this uh, setup and everything. Yeah. I, he has to go full on heel and everything, but I think I messaged it to you where I was kind of hoping when we get to the main event, I was kind of hoping like a stone cold Bret Hart kind of a double turn here of Alex. And it kind of happened. We'll talk about it later, but I was kind of hoping like, Hey, like let's send, let's make John Wayne Murdoch the full on baby face. And we haven't seen Alex Cologne as a heel in oof, how long I would like to see that. I don't, I've never seen Alex Cologne as a quote unquote heel. And that's what's kind of cool about GCW. There's not for the most part, they get to act however they want to act. If they want to be heel face tweener, it doesn't matter. I do like the fluidity of it, fluidity of that stuff, but I would like to see Alex Cologne as a heel because I've never seen it in a GCW ring. I just kind of like to see how that would kind of play out. I want to see a heel Cole. I want to see a dickhead Cole, just an asshole. 
Yeah. I want to see what happens if he was like, fuck everybody. You guys are just here to see me do whatever. And fuck you guys for that. And da da da. But it would have to be a deathmatch call. It'd have to be a heel deathmatch call. It could work. Yeah. Um, he has that evil look to him every now and then. And he's got that crazy streak in him. I think he could tap into that if he wanted to. Um, he's I- one of those guys that he has a proper amount of sympathy. And when somebody pulls that bullshit, you like you hurt the fan's sympathy. It fucks them up, and they hate that shit. And that's kind of what I was kind of hoping for after he lost the extreme belt. I was kind of hoping, as you said, he has that like, hey, something that he's worked so hard for and earned get taken away from him, and now let's say like he plays up to the crowd. Oh, you, like, if the crowd didn't cheer him as loud, he could come out and say, oh, you guys only liked me when I put my life on the line and was extreme championship, but when I was down and in my worst possible way. I didn't get any messages from you fans. You guys all turned to Sawyer Wreck and blah, blah, blah kind of stuff. And I could see him being like a kind of like a loose cannon kind of character. Screw loose of you just never know when he's going to snap and he's got that sadistic little smile on his face. He, he can yep. he, uh, dive into, I think. I, I think there's a lot of heel work that Cole could do as well. I think you're tapping on something kind of interesting. I think it'd be cool as fuck is about halfway through the match or something. He has a thing where sounds corny but he hears voices or he just fucking snaps and just gets violent yeah that would be kind of interesting to see how that goes kind of like an inner struggle it's like hey i want to be this good guy the fans are cheering me but i lost what i earned so much i want to get what i earned back and i don't know what to do and you just see like the demon take over him and he's like fuck this i gotta let it all out and then yeah i would like to see that kind of version of him as well that part of him that he doesn't want people to see Yes. It's triggered and comes out and it just fucking rages out in him. Hell, I mean, you could go full cheese if you wanted to. And he could be like, what? What the hell? After he snaps out of it, he'd be like, what? What? Yeah. Well, and show his remorse and stuff like that. Yeah. To get the yeah. get the inner Charles Mason in him. Yeah. Yeah. He'd be like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. I like I'm it. Gonna have to, I'm going to have to message a motherfucker about that. See what he has to say. <laughs> I that definitely like that idea. Anyway, yeah, that would add... Uh, another interesting little layer to someone like him where I'm still waiting to see where his direction is right now. Yeah. That's what we got to see what, without the belt, what they're going to, what, what is his direction? Yeah, like what's the purpose of him right now without the belt for our seventh matchup of the evening. We get a little break from the death matches to give Cologne and Murdoch some time to rest up as we get a five way scramble between Blake Christian, Jimmy Lloyd, Nick Wayne, Alec Price and Jordan Oliver. And I get, actually like the whole lineup there on the whole scramble. That was kind of like a little all-star little scramble because obviously it's a good change of pace too I think from all the all the death matches it'd be nice to give uh these high flyers their moment to shine in the scramble and kind of change the pace just for a few minutes before they hop back into the death matches so I enjoyed this match. I liked all the competitors in it. Um, what was your thoughts on this? Match? So I thought having this scramble here as the breath was refreshing. It was really nice to have a little something different. Um, yeah, the breath. The breath was a five-way scramble between five <laughs> badass <laughs> motherfuckers. Um, no lie. I mean, I don't know how many people would try to complain about this show at all because there's just been so many unique things. And every match has had something different that was worth talking about. And quite a few matches had us hard to find good words to describe what the hell was going on. And um, this has produced a lot of feelings tonight, this match. It's, it's just been very, very interesting. Um, this match here was a 10-minute match. 
And I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about each one of these performers a little bit. For me, I'm noticing right out the gate that Alec Price to me is the future. He gets it from a heel perspective. Um, I think his body will grow out more and mature, which will give him the size that he needs because right now he's very thin. But I think his heel persona also will continue to grow. I don't know if we're ever going to see him as a face. If we do, he's going to have to be a face with attitude, like a Stone Cold kind of face. Not a Stone Cold, a rock. He needs to have a, he's, he's a, he's a, he has to have that attitude. Otherwise, I just don't see him, uh, hey, baby, you know, like being a woman's kind of, you know, a ladies man kind of a face. I don't know, man. What are you thinking? I agree with everything. I same thing. He's the future. I think he's going to be great once his body fills out and matures. And I think he can continue to good do good heel work. But I was actually going to say I think his moveset kind of lends towards being more of a baby say, baby face with the high pace matches that he usually has, the high flying moves, um, Ooh, very innovative point. moves. I just think sometimes the moveset can kind of distract dictate yeah distract and dictate how if you're going to be like i don't think the heels should be doing all these crazy flashy high flying moves because the fans are just going to be like holy shit and cheer for it where if they just kind of keep their moveset nice and easy simple and keep it grounded and keep the high flyers from flying around you're going to get the major heel heat so i think if he just changes his movesets um he could go back and forth between heel and face in my eyes but i really like him as a heel because his just the cocky, everyone's garbage kind of thing. I think it's just so easy to play off of, and he does it so good as well. So um, I think the heel kind of fits a more um, mannerisms kind of style, but I think his moveset screams babyface. It's a tough huh. tough little thing, I think, that he could go back and forth, but I don't know. I think that's what kind of holds him back a little bit with deals, but also that's what kind of makes us fans of him. We get to see these kind of moves and stuff. So I... Uh... I wasn't ready for that level of analysis. I'll be honest with you. I really, I really didn't think about that until you pointed it out. Now I'm sitting and I'm like, oh yeah, this. And then going, oh shit, you're right. His moveset is screaming for fans to just love it. Yep. And I get that. Okay. And, and I hate okay. to heal, ruin his heel persona to you here. Uh, at the backyard wrestling, I saw him interacting with my son and he, he has baby face yeah. in him. He definitely well, has baby face in him. Oh, does he? That's good. Yeah, he was very... You know, you know how a lot of these performers... Oh, yeah, but he like the way he turned it off to see him and change his whole mood and stuff was very refreshing and very cool to see him kind of do that stuff. Oh. Well, that's great. See, now that's good to hear. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, again, I'll bring it up because it's still, to me, I'm still trying to figure it out, but yeah, he was ranked on that PWI, number 159, and I'm like, man, he's up there, and now I'm starting to watch, and I'm like, from a heel perspective, he gets it. And I think that if his, if his brain and his mouth match up, he could be a dangerous combination there. And his physicality, or I mean, his, phys his work is already there. So his body fills in, his mouth continues to run, his brain gets a little bit smarter. Uh, to wrestling, he'll be fantastic. Yeah, I, I think he, he could go back and forth as he continues to grow as a performer in my eyes. A uh, face heel, face heel kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. I, I got this. I want to know what a face Alec looks like because to me, I think he's going to try a ladies' man kind of gimmick. Like he has that kind of, I don't know. I, 
I don't know. Tough, I don't, uh, gimmick wise, face. I'm trying to. I don't under. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, what I got one do. for you. Describe describe face Deppin. It's just like that. It's it's just as hard to describe face Deppin to a degree. It's it's a natural guy who could be bad. And yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's a tough one. I don't know. I just I I just was not ready for that level. Um, but fans love Alec. They love his attitude. And again, that's what could be his key to the to the big world of babyface where he may see some money there. I do see people possibly getting behind him. I don't know how or when, but he's he's just one of those guys that he's still just I wouldn't say he's getting started, but he's gone through the parts where he knows if he likes it or not. And it looks like he's in it for the long haul and he's put in a shit ton of work in shows. Yeah, for um, sure. So so here we go. Here's the one that really got me and I, I got a <laughs> hold of you. I was looking I was looking, I was like, what in the hell? Okay, so um, Jordan looks a hell of a lot younger, and I just, it took a while for me to figure out. He lost that beard he had, man. Um, my honest opinion, right out the gate, it was an improvement for the baby face role. So I believe for what he's shooting for, it was smart. But boy, does that really make him look young. Yeah, and it's not like that's what I was telling you. Yeah. Like, he doesn't even have a lot of facial hair when he had it. Like, it was just there. So, like, I was trying to think the same thing. Like, okay, he's shaved, but it's not like he was, like, you know, full-on bearded, like a full-blown beard and everything. It was just just a little, not stubble, but, I mean, it was there. Maybe it's the blonde hair that kind of makes it not look as full and complete as normal, but it didn't well, look like... for him, it works. Yeah. And, for him, it works. That lets you know how much the beard works. Yeah, true. If you think about it. Yeah, uh, uh, I was like, yeah, he must have shaved because uh, he does like the younger part was pretty funny. We we were joking about that here. Like he looks super young there. <laughs> yeah, man. Okay, so Nick Wayne was out. Big cheers, looking good. Anything you have to say about him past the fact that I mean he's just maturing well and his move set is still growing and. Um, just more and more loved how fluid he is at his age is just stunning i think i just to see a high school kid have the feel in the ring that he has is just crazy to me um i I like that they had a spot in this match where he was about to do a swanton outside and jordan kind of blocked him from doing it it was kind of like a whoa like what are you doing jordan kind of moment then they teamed up beat up alex and then Jordan did take advantage to go after Nick Wayne a little bit, but like, hey, this is a free-for-all. Like, I'm trying to win just like how you are kind of thing. And if we're both in here, let's finish it with us two in here. So I liked it. I like Nick Wayne. I, I really hope, I don't know how much is going to happen based off everything that happened over like these last couple months with uh, AEW, but I still hope that they continue to let him own his craft on the indies because when he's going to go up to whatever, not the nightmare factory or whatever they're doing for like the wrestling school out in AW, like he's going to be ahead of everybody just based yeah. off of how much experience he's gotten through the Indies. So that's one thing I've always loved with AEW. They let their town like, Hey, we got nothing for you. Go make some extra money. We don't have to pay you. So go make your extra money right now on the Indies, hone your craft, get better, try to be safe, but go out there and get better. Then when you come back here and we use it, hopefully we see that growth. And I think once they get their hands on, a pretty well-polished Nick Wayne at that young age, it's going to be something else to see. I think there's a lot of lot out there for Nick Wayne in his future. Okay, so I'm going to pull one way out of left field for you. 
I was watching some video on someone that we need to remember to pay attention to down the road. Randy Orton's son is a fucking monster. Quick as hell, fluid as shit, just like that. Really? You get a chance if I get a chance, I'll try to see if I can find the video I was looking at. But it was just it was fantastic movement and he looked so damn good. And um from what I was seeing, he has a decent bit of dad's height, but I, I have to really pay attention more to really. I wasn't assessing it for that at the time. I was yeah. just looking at what he was doing, and I was like, damn, that's he looks really good. He's going to be shown in WWE. It's just a matter of when. That's, that's what I have to say. But it. it's just, it's going to happen. That's, that Orton kid's fantastic. And, and you're just, gonna, you'll see. You'll see. As soon as I can find it, I'll shoot it over to you. Um, Blake Christian was full face tonight. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it's the way he should be. I hope he stays that way because the confusion on the character is all over the place. Maybe he's trolling people like us or fans, <laughs> you know, which is probably a total heel, heel move if you think about it. Right. Uh, but Was it this show yeah. or was it the next show where he did not do the middle finger? He did the index finger to break the whole... Was it this one? Okay. I, yeah, I remember yeah, saw that and I texted you. Clean. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, he must be listening to us because uh, we talked about the middle finger and now he's not doing it anymore. And he's going to do it next time to give us to give us the middle finger again kind of stuff. But um, I, I, yeah, he, I still think he needs to change something. I don't know what I, I just, I just saw the growth of character wise and popularity and nothing else really changed other than presentation for Alex Zane. And that opened it up to freaking New Japan. So I just think Blake needs to find something that works for him, like how Alex Zane did, and go with it. Because I think that's what's holding him back. It's kind of a, I don't want to say blandness. But there's nothing exciting about his character other than his in-ring work. His in-ring work is fucking top-notch, top top-level. I. That's why I love him so much, because he does not put on bad matches. He's... Very creative, very smooth in the ring, just like how we talk about Nick Dwayne and uh, Jordan and Alec Price. I just think that he needs to spicing up the presentation some, somehow or another. Like, I was really excited for Graveheart. It's something different. We get to see the dark side of Blake, and there's a reason why he could be showing us this Graveheart. But I, I just think his presentation, something gimmick-wise or how he reacts, to, I don't know. Something needs to change, and I, I think that's the only thing that's holding Blake back is that. Interesting. Um, okay, with Blake, <clears throat> let me clear my throat. <laughs> um, with Blake, to me, it seems like he's actively trying to find a character that works for him. I think that with the type of person that he is, the fans see through his act. So if he tries to be something that's not somewhat naturally him, it's going to come off as shitty looking or, you know. I think that's why Graveheart may not have also taken off was because it did not look like Graveheart. It looked like Blake Christian playing a guy who is great. Like it didn't look like a guy who was mad. It looked like a guy who was playing as a guy who is mad. He uh, he's gonna have to be himself. He's gonna have to find himself. Yeah, he's honestly actively looking for his look. Also, I bless him. I hope he finds everything that he's looking for, and I hope there's something there that clicks for him. I don't know how he finds it. I wish I had an answer or whatnot because I think he's absolutely fantastic. So it, it does show that he's trying things, and I think that's really good, because I do feel that if you keep trying over and over, 
you may very well hit something that's good. I really think it would be interesting at some point for us to maybe see a mass wrestler show up at some point, maybe six months down the road, eight months down the road. That's a show I kind of watched a little bit. I want to Pull watch more of. Shit. What's that? That's a show I kind of watched a couple shows episodes. I'm like, that's this is a show I kind of need to start watching a little. Like trying to guess who the wrestlers are and stuff like that because I like that's kind of the that's the, like I can't do mass singer I don't give two shits who's singing or whatnot but mass wrestler I am all in who is this possibility like I love yeah. I loved it I just I do need, need to watch it more I think he was going a little bit with the Graveheart but I think he had a black jacket and his walk was a little different yes. his attitude was different yes. but as you yeah, said it kind of looked forced kind of wasn't like a yeah natural kind of thing him. exactly. But I was getting excited because something different. I just think he just needs to yeah. spice it up a little bit somehow, some way, in my opinion. I think what's going to make him the bad guy is going to be in his actions, not in his look, period. Yeah, but he's also the same thing, though. Like, it's going to be kind of hard to be a heel if he's doing the same moves that he's doing now, just like Alec Price. It's going to be kind of hard to root against Graveheart when he's still doing all heart kind of moves. So it's a, for me, I think the moveset affects your status of if you're a face or a heel should affect your moveset because of the reaction that you could possibly get for the fans and independent wrestling it's so much harder though because obviously what you're being judged upon a lot is your in-ring work Are you ready to go up to the bigs mm-hmm. or not the, the bigger companies and then hey now that we you got the ring stuff now let's polish your character and stuff like that so i know it becomes a little bit harder for the independent wrestlers to kind of hold back of what they could possibly be showing to future employers. I just, I'm looking at him with face paint on and I'm not seeing the fans buy it. I'm thinking a mask would work to some degree, but he would have to take it off because again, his actions would have to make the bad guy. I, I mean, come on. Like if he came out like the demon Finn Baller, we'd still look at it and go, dude, that's you. Like, I don't know if it's because the fans know him so well, that it's like, okay, you're watching your little brother in face paint walk across the floor. We know that's not the demon. That's just my little brother in paint walking. And you don't get the same, oh my gosh, look at that demon. You're more like kind of, <laughs> look at that kind of. So I think the key to Blake is he's just going to have to find something that gives him the look that he's comfortable with. I don't know if he has to talk to a bunch of people or what it takes, but his key to heal is definitely not going to be in just the look of the character he he's just gonna have to be all action oh all action like christian <laughs> oh my that, god there you go now he's now he's even further face come on man oh i gotta <laughs> trademark that shit he might take that one day uh all action like christian yep he's gonna end up with rambo gear <laughs> and jimmy lloyd i love i love seeing jimmy lloyd just being there and yes. looking fully healthy because like a healthy Jimmy Lloyd, everybody loves him. I I want to see him kind of go back to being a little bit more prominent figure in the matches, kind of going back to getting the spotlight on him a little bit because it was those matches that he was having with uh, G Raver. I don't um was entertaining. There, yeah. There's a lot of storylines, very violent, very creative. It was awesome stuff, and I think that's the shit that Jimmy Lloyd could do. And I would like to kind of see him. And then maybe the next deathmatch tournament kind of like be the little underdog. That's hey, it's Jimmy Lloyd. He's not going to win this. He wins one match. Oh shit, he won. Nice. Oh shit, he's in the finals. Like I just think the crowd would, like, especially in AC, like the crowd would pop. Like kind of like when Cole Radrick came and uh, or not Cole Radrick when Rena 
uh, pulled the upset and won over Alex Cologne and the how loud that crowd popped. Like I don't think I don't think it'd be that loud, but I think it'd be a very cool moment and it would like get the fans super behind Jimmy Lloyd and um get the excitement back to him because I think he kind of momentum wise kind of fell off lately just because of not just the wins and losses, but not being as prominently featured as he was maybe a year, year and a half ago. You're right. You're right. He's kind of flown under the radar for quite a while there. Yeah. Uh, he's he's always he's always there. It's just uh he's not on the mic. He's not out there really taking the, the spotlight. Um yeah, I found that interesting. I've always wondered about that. He's just been the background for the past, like you said, year, year and a half. Um I don't have an answer for you. I wish I did. It's never been something that anyone's asked or brought to the forefront until that I know of. We've just talked about it now. And um, I don't know. It could just be all the exciting new talent. It could just be the fact that Jimmy wants to preserve his body, which I respect 100%. So, I mean, you never know. Um, (laughs) There was a spot in here I wanted to laugh because I'm just showing my age. But all five men kind of linked hands in the beginning of this match, you know, like a lockup. And I put in my notes that it looked like they were forming Voltron. I, yeah. Okay. So I love anyway, how they all um, teamed up against Alex. Like Alec, like everybody went up onto the, the corner and got cheered. And every time Alec up, went up there, he got booed. I kind of like that little. Yes. Them playing off of that and just Alex getting so angry. That shows, as you said, his <laughs> comfort level as a heel where he can make that entertaining and also draw more heat from it. Yeah, he he works with his arms open and his shoulders are apart and stuff. He looks very comfortable in that ring and he looks very comfortable interacting with the fans. So that is just that's fantastic for him. And that's fantastic for us as as much as we can watch him. I hope we get to see him more. Uh, Oliver and Wayne really worked together at several points in this match, which they really didn't need to. But it was nice to see and they look great together. Um, I think think there was maybe a couple other spots where maybe a couple other people were working but i don't have them on here at my disposal uh but there was a spot here where alec price he hit this top rope double doomsday blockbuster which if you have a chance go back and look at it there each man had a man on his shoulders and price came off of that top rope and yeah Double Doomsday. <laughs> that was looks cool, especially yeah. when he was like on his way down. It looked like like he kind of froze in midair, like he he kind of like not froze, mm-hmm. maybe even elevated. Like the trajectory wasn't just a straight fall; like it changed directions. And I like the the visual of it. I thought that was a very cool spot too. Yeah, it looks like he shot really high, and then it went from there. Um, the second sidewalks, uh, the second catching sidewalk slam that we've seen in two shows. This one was by Oliver. Uh, do you remember we were talking about how someone just kind of... He did the first one. And then someone catch... Oh, so these... Yeah, he did the first like one. It. I hit him up, yeah, on uh, Yamato. I love it. I really do. It saves him the fucking time, and it saves him the muscles. All he has to do is just grab a hold and put down. I, I love the moves. And it makes sense, too, because it's not like they're just jumping up in there. Like, Blake Christian, he's jumping up for the drop kick, and Jordan just beats him to the spot before you can rotate your body, and... Slammed you to the ground. I really like it because it makes sense too when it's done the right way. Then the two times I've seen him do it, it's made perfect timing, complete sense, and it looked really cool. Like the first time, I remember like everybody like around me at the UCC popped when we saw. It. I was like, "Holy shit, what was that?" It was like a sidewalk slam, but it was cool how we caught him and did it. We never really seen that much to uh, before. So I'll go through it so that I can talk about this next little section here. But our winner was Jordan Oliver with an acid kick on Jimmy Lloyd. 
very rare to see Oliver win anymore without it being the clout cutter. So it was nice to see that acid kick come out. And I like that he keeps that. Yeah. I really do. I, I appreciate that he keeps that. And in the indie scene, keeping that name alive is very cool. So, so let's get to the fun part here. I thought about some things I'd like to see, some fun little matchups. Um, how about Alec Price and Jordan Oliver? I think the body type and uh, the athleticism, I think they have enough maturity now. They could give us a solid 15. They, they wrestled once before in AC, and that was Alec Price's first, I think that was his first actual GCW singles match. I think we've seen him in scrambles before. But um, I want to say it was KG on commentary that <laughs> this comment really kind of made me mad because it was like, no, we still like made a comment where we're looking at a mirror image of Jordan Oliver and Alec Price at that time. Yep, Alec yep. is the new brash, young, cocky asshole. And that's exactly how Jordan kind of showed up as the brash, young, cocky asshole. And um, when they said, oh, we got like the new the new age Jordan Oliver, I'm like, new age, like calm down. He's still super young. We're not right, replacing right. him He's yet. New. Yeah, we're still not. Re we're not going to replace him yet. Calm down there. We're Alec Price is good. He's young, but don't put him replacing Jordan Oliver just quite yet. He's going to be good like Oliver, right. but don't replace him just yet. I forgot. I think it was KG that said that on commentary. And I, I remember getting offended at first. I was like, no, like, what are you talking about now, though? It makes way more sense because seeing way more of Alec Price, I definitely see the similarities as I saw that night as well. So another one here, Nick Wayne versus Blake Christian. I believe we've seen this one before. I'm not 100% where, but I would tell you, I believe between these two, I would like to catch a match while they're both still young. And um, I think it would be something, again, we'd look back on down the road. Holy shit, look at a young Nick Wayne at 17 up against a young Blake Christian. At, I mean, roughly off the top of my head, what, 27? Yeah, something. maybe that might even be too far. I don't know, though. Uh, and then, that would be a fun match. Yeah. That would be a super fun match to see. And then the other one I put up here was just Blake versus Commander because I think those two together could tell a story. And that would be a great place for Blake to pull some heel shit. Everybody oh, loves sure. Commander. Yeah. What would I, I mean, come on. A heel Commander would be interesting too. Yeah, I'm the same way though. Like the moveset, I don't think it would make sense. I don't know. I, no, I just no. always feel you're, that you're way. You're 100% correct. You, you, you're adding something to it that, again, I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't think about that dimension, uh, I don't know, 90% of the time. You know, how the moveset speaks. That's just, okay, I'm sorry, but I got caught uh, up in the fact that that's, that's a really good... Uh, I think that's a really good thought. Probably. I think Commander and Blake Christian would be kind of crazy, too. We get to... We kind of seen Commander do the little technical stuff while doing high flying with Tony Depp, and I would definitely like to see uh like just do an absolute lucha style match like just non-stop just go high flying don't do any of the ground stuff i would just like to see two two feet not touch the ground for the longest time with those i'm telling you what man that is going to be a matchup that i would like to see on a bigger stage at some point um i don't know when but same thing uh bandito just got picked up by AEW. i'm telling you we've had uh We've had Alex Zane go not too long ago. You have Ninja Mac uh, less than a year ago get picked up. Now he's got a championship under his belt. I think everybody who has a chance to needs to just spend the damn five bucks and pay attention because there are some true fucking future stars putting on some fire matches five years, two years before they're even really known on a bigger stage. And um, 
I can't be thankful, more thankful for Brett and some of the people that eyeball some of this new talent and bring them in because I feel like on the independent scene, if we're capable of grabbing them, we are seeing close to, if not the best of the best in the independent scene at GCW. Oh, yeah. We have, if anything, we at least have the largest collection of talent that has come through. And I'm going to tell you, I 100% appreciate that. I have yet to find another company that has brought, I'm sure WWE is, you know, let's take them out because for Christ's sake, that's a billion dollar. But we're talking, making a whole lot out of very little in resources. They're bringing in all these people and it's just so fantastic. And for fans like us, it's just really upping our wrestling IQ. Just being able to say, yeah, we saw this match. We saw that match. Yeah. Yeah, how many people can say they saw Yamato match this year uh, in, in statewide? And see, it's yeah. crazy. I forgot Blake Christian did go against Nick Wayne. I was at that show, but I was so... It, because it was the show that Joy Janela turned on Xbox. So the whole Riot thing totally made me forget what matchup happened earlier that night. And Blake <laughs> did go against Nick. I, I totally forgot about that. Oh yeah, boy. there's a lot of so, different... Uh, a lot of fun dream matches they could have. And that's why I think GCW, as you said, kills it. Because they kind of give us these dream matches that these other companies are... Either not doing immediately or don't just can't do it because they can't get the talent. Because I, I once they get Viking, uh, if Vikingo works at quite a few shows to a GCW, I, there's all those dream matches there as well. It's going to be fun to see. I think Defy got Vikingo versus Nick Wayne. That's the one I would definitely love to see in a GCW ring, but I think it's Ooh. still going to kill in Defy as well because Defy is a very good product. Alrighty, bud. So I think we're main event ready. What do you think? Yes, we are. Ready for the NGI yes. 7 final double hell death match. Bring all the weapons out from the back as John Wayne Murdoch hopes to send Alex Wayne. Alex Wayne. See, I'll just talk about Alex. Uh, uh-huh. Wayne, say I'm, uh, we're getting out of the end of the show here. Uh, <laughs> all the shit talking Alex Cologne did to him all uh, throughout this year. This was John Wayne Murdoch. Time to get the payback. And... Uh, Great, great matchup, great storytelling. Uh, I loved it. I I said earlier I was kind of hoping to see the kind of double turn, whatever, between Alex Cologne kind of going too hard on or too going too far on Murdoch to try to send a message, but the fans kind of getting behind Murdoch and giving Murdoch the support instead of Cologne. We did kind of see a little bit of that during this match, and um, I loved it. I loved seeing it at first, but uh, very fun, violent ngi final and it was a great way to wrap up the tournament in my eyes this is the classic matchup between two deathmatch legends that's plain and simple same thing 15 years from now we're gonna be like holy shit we got to see this match of this streak of series of matches between murdoch and cologne um it's just fantastic that these two are so comfortable with each other that they're able to run as a tag team, but also up against each other. Again, the storyline means jack shit. The point is that these two are honestly, actually, actively have been working together now for at least six months, eight months, maybe more I, off the top of my head. The um, two sides of this ring were covered in light tubes, and the other two sides were covered in barbed wire. So I'm guessing that's where the double hell death match portion of it was. Does that sound about right? Makes sense, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so here's our rundown. All right, so at minute one, we had light tubes. No shit, lots of fucking light tubes. Minute two, Murdoch was attended uh, for that cut that I was talking about from the previous match. And um, 
it just kept bleeding, basically. I think he touched it once or twice when he first came out in the final. It started bleeding. They did something with it. And, yeah, after that second time they touched up, he just let it go because I think he touched it minute three or so and it just kept going. I don't know if they glued it or wrapped it or what, but he was fucking with it. And it yeah. Um, there was a wiffle ball bat with firecrackers and bottle caps, and it was fucking hilarious to hear pop, pop. Firecrackers, with the firecrackers. yeah. That was crazy. Um... <laughs> Minute three, there was a wiffle ball bat with thumbtacks that was used. Minute four, there was a spot where Cologne was pulling John Wayne Murdoch's wound that he was, like, opening up on his arm. And at the same time, just, like, 30 seconds later, Cologne was cutting Murdoch's face. Um, violent as fuck. It was really, really, really good. Uh, Murdoch looked like he went to war before he came out to the So, yeah... He's a pain machine. Like, that motherfucker can take it. It was this part of the match where I was like, I was feeling good. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get the Bret Hart double turn because Alex Cologne, like, just beat the shit out of Murdoch. And the crowd, you could kind of see, was starting to chant, uh, Duke, 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 like, for John Wayne Murdoch. And I was like, yes, I'm going to get it. Because like you said, this was just Alex Cologne just beating the shit out of Murdoch for the whole first five, six minutes. And there was a lot of wrestling. I'll just go ahead and say it because we need to say that a lot. But there was a lot of wrestling in this. This was not just men throwing shit at each other the whole time. However, in minute five, there were gussets on a kick pad and there were barbed wire ropes used. Minute six, there was every inch of Mur. Oh, yeah. Minute six, every inch of Murdoch had blood or had blood stains. He was just head to toe. There was hard to find white on him. There were some spots on his arm, I think, that might not have been hit but he was absolutely covered. The next couple minutes was wrestling. I only put here with there was GCW, GCW, GCW chance that whole time because by minute nine, um, both men were standing in the ring and they just started swinging dozens of light tubes on each other repeatedly. Minute 10, Murdoch grabs this large item with light tubes. It looked like a rake and he just fucking breaks this thing right over Cologne's head. The fans are absolutely going nuts for this match. Um, wow. Okay, so minute 11, out come a pane of glass with a light tube grid taped on top. That's the only way I can put it. Basically, it was a pane of glass, if you want to visualize it. And then start stacking light tubes like Lincoln logs, like you're building a cabin on top of each other. That's what that contraption was. I actually think so, they called it, a, a. I think, I'm not sure, a light tube log. <laughs> Oh, is that what they said? That's what I, I, I remember hearing. I hear in light tube log. Maybe it was either this show or maybe the next show because another the next show something very similar came out, but not as cool looking as this one. Dude, this this thing was a beast. Whatever the hell it was, whoever the hell came up with it. I mean, he's like, well, you know, let's just put some uh, some glass on glass. <laughs> right? A little fucking dangerous, but um, it got put to use really quickly. At minute twelve. The Deep South Destroyer got hit through, uh, put Cologne through glass and tubes. And that is where we had our winner. John Wayne Murdoch basically rolled over and uh, hit Cologne with a hit Cologne. He basically put Cologne in his best submission. Cologne tapped out. And we had our new winner, the NGI 7, John Wayne Murdoch. And um, god damn, they put it again. It did, but it didn't matter who won here. I I loved it. Um, like I said, Cologne. It's to me. It seemed like Cologne. This was like, hey, 
This, if this is going to be my, my last matchup for a while, I need to beat the shit out of somebody and get it out of my system. Mm-hmm. And John Wayne Murdoch was definitely that foil for that because he literally took all the damage, gets two moves in, and then finally hits the Deep South Destroyer. And then um, I forgot what they called the, the, uh, that submission hold that he did on Cologne, but then tapped him out. Like There was zero yeah, offense all out. night from Murdoch, and, or all matchup until the very end, which I loved seeing it because it was just like, he just persevered. He went through that injury. Um, I loved it. And I, I, now I'm starting to notice a little pattern too. The white clothing on deathmatch tournament. Usually, okay. like it's, I okay. see if there were, and I was thinking about this when I first saw John Wayne Murdoch wearing white. I was like, they they wear white to see like the, you see the progression of the violence and the bloodstains on the shirt. And I'm thinking like every time I've seen like. Alex Cologne were white and he's going to either win the tournament or be in the finals and the white shows off of the progressive really? damage that I've just noticed that like when I was watching this and when I saw the white I'm like Murdoch might be going far here I could be completely wrong it could be a coincidence but in my mind now I'm kind of like trained my, my mind where I see the white clothing and I was like someone's going to be in it for the long haul here and we're going to see the progression and I think it looks super cool whenever they do wear white because yes. you get to yeah. see the progression throughout the night of the violence that has occurred to that wrestler competitor yeah man like I said Murdoch yeah Murdoch looked like he'd been to war like so it looked like somebody just dipped him in blood and pulled him back out and then told him you have a third match man and then he had to go out and perform after this match Duke looked fucked up and I know he's probably got a match the next day knowing him because right. he's a fucking worker. Oh, and he had the match of the night the next night. We'll talk about that one tomorrow. Yeah, honestly, this dude is, you know, it flies under the radar. There's a lot of hardworking motherfuckers at GC. There's a lot of hardworking performers over there that um, even though they're on the smaller GCW stage, I mean, we're cataloging some fucking awesome work by some of them. We're going to look at Murdoch and Cologne, like I said, 10, 15 years. Oh, man, let's go watch one of those classics. Yeah, the way I think what uh, I became a more of a fan of Murdoch was, like I said, just all the damage he's taken, he's going to show up the next day and still put himself through way more damage than he needed to. Like this, like he has a match the next night against Mance Warner. After this night of three matches, he has a Taipei yeah, death yeah. match with Mance Warner the next night, and that's probably and I think I, from what I read, my opinion, then easily the match of the night on that card. And once again, it gets violent and crazy. It's like he is, in my opinion, now the hardest working death match wrestler. I like I know last year he wrestled like the three hundred matches of the year before, whatever. Like some crazy ridiculous amount of matches, which majority are the death matches. And seeing what he did for these three matches the next night, what happened in T in, uh, in Liverpool, what happened in Japan, what he's been doing to his body and Alex Clone at the COS, the Cage of Survival. Like John Wayne Murdoch, I think his willingness to constantly go out there every single night and put on these crazy matches no matter what, I think that's what's made me become such a huge fan of his. Because like I said, he's growing on me real fast and this performance was right up there with it and I, what i think i really liked it was his night he won yes, yes it should be him celebrating in the ring but he just quickly takes the mic thank you i work like work with the best boom gives it to cologne and lets cologne soak in that moment that should be his and i think that's super cool but it also does make sense since he ruined alex clone's celebration last year even though his didn't get ruined <laughs> this year at least he was able just to kind of give it up and let somebody else take it which 
well, another in my mind like another cool little thing that happened yeah duke just grabs that damn thing talks for just a second tells cologne he's one of the best deathmatch wrestlers ever the greatest and then yeah the mic goes over cologne you could tell he's getting choked up quite a bit and uh he said that this may be his last ngi and he said he's taking a hiatus and he will be back at some point but it sounds like when it comes to full-time wrestling for now he's done and also he said something about a job a different job full-time job that he's working yeah um i respect that i'm honestly i'm almost 100 percent sure he will be back it's obviously going to be stronger he's going to be better i i hope he gets the itch to come back only when he's healthy and he's mentally ready otherwise all we're going to see is a clone who came out for some money exactly he wasn't mentally into it he's still kind of checked out doesn't give a fuck and no one's happy the fans or or clone and you know at gcw you see enough of these starving artists you you start to really get a heart for them and you want to see them do well and this is a point where you know if I have to wait a couple extra months to see Cologne so that he can get himself in the right place, well, I know that's better than running him goddamn dry and trying to see him smile on camera when you know he's fucking unhappy. That sucks. I'd rather him go home and come back happy, healthy, and ready, hopefully, with a whole new head of ideas that he can give us more entertainment. Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier, like... You could tell a couple months ago it was just not in him no more. But now, like I said, after all this, he was like, a, seems like he's back at his old top of the game self. And uh, this was yeah, the first time we've really seen the hard ass, tough ass deathmatch wrestler clone kind of show some vulnerability, some uh, emotion. And I, I connected with that. I enjoyed it. I kind of, I didn't get emotional with it, but I fully understood it. I, I enjoyed it. And I was like, this is Alex Cologne. He deserves the flowers. And I, I still think he's, before he's all said and done, I think he needs to be a GCW world title. Like, he's literally done it all in GCW except that. I would love to kind of see him get the cherry on top and get that before he decides to fully quit um, the wrestling business. Because I think he's definitely earned it with as much shit as he's done for the company. Okay. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Let's fast forward. Uh... Just for fun, let's just say July. He repackages. He goes, you know what? <clears throat> I wasn't done. I was just trying to get my head right, get my body right. I'm back. I want you to know that if this is my last run or if this is my next to last run, I think it's only fair that you know I'm not just a death mattress. And then he goes for Gage. He's one of the few people that could beat Gage, and people wouldn't just be seething because he lost. I think... I think that would be a nice point to take uh, take one from Gage if he had to. And I think that Cologne would, uh, just like you said, I think he has a good claim to that championship before he's done. I think he was supposed to get a title shot uh, at some point, and it was like announced. And I don't know if it was like during COVID or if it happened afterwards or before where something did happen where that match wasn't able to take place, but they never went back to it. I've heard him mention a couple different times on his World of Death Match podcast where he's owed a rematch with uh with Nicky, <laughs> Nick Gage, as he calls him. And um, I just, I would like to see it because I think he's at that point, like there's nothing else for him to do other than to be the GC World title. And I think he's definitely earned it. And like him versus Moxley would have been awesome, but him versus Gage will be awesome too. Yeah. And with Gage, just off the top of my head, the more we can have of him on the microphone for commentary, the more I enjoy it. He has that toughness that uh, 
it just speaks GCW. His voice is GCW. Yes. I can say that about him. <laughs> and that will wrap it up for NGI 7. I think it was great. Great way to end the night. Told the cool story. Um, great way to wrap up a year-long Nick from Nick Gage Invitational 6 to NGI 7. I think it was a cool way to wrap up that story. And I think we will see the end of that for the time being if not for good because i don't think there's any other reason that those two should kind of go at it again uh, other than maybe if cologne does beat the get the belt from gage and then murdoch's like i already beat your ass once let's do it again here for Run the belt back. this time exactly so uh i do kind of hope that is done and i would like to see alex take some time off heal up mentally physically whatever you need to do family wise i know he said is a big reason too so i just hope uh he takes care of what he needs to do is successful and happy and hopefully we do get to see him back in a gcw ring um so 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 so. okay are you ready for an awkward question yeah what give me a zero to 100 in percentage of chances what is the percentage of chance that we will see schlack in gcw with a belt percentage zero to 100 uh I guess 50 I just because I don't even know if he's going to show up in a GCW ring outside of Japan again. So like he wrestled right. for Japan and then we haven't seen him since then. So I don't know. Like, I don't know how that's going to work out. Cause I know he's got other issues and stuff. Well, yeah. Cause I mean, yeah, he's, he's doing his own thing with another company and I get that too. So I know it's about how often we can see that wrestler yeah. all the time. That's something we spoke about before. Um, so what do you say? You want to do some memorable moments? I, I cut you off, though. What were you talking about? Man? No, I was uh, going right into the memorable moments. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you want to uh, you want me to start first or you want to start first? I could go first because I just got a couple. Yeah. Like th- This was a fun turn- deathmatch tournament. I get super excited for these deathmatch tournaments. Like there, I do get a little, like I said, I get a little squeamish or worried that, hey, you guys are going a little too far. I understand you're pushing yourselves, but... Like, I would rather see you wrestle next week than kill yourself tonight in the ring by going balls to the wall or putting yourself out of action for a long time because of some unfortunate mishap. So I love the deathmatch tournaments, and I was super stoked for this one as the first couple rounds, like our first couple matches, first round. I was like, holy shit, and the action just kept on going. So I loved it all. I loved the whole NGI. I liked the, even the scramble. I thought it was a perfect, good throw those people into the scramble and kind of give the fans a little deathmatch break. And with those competitors, I think it was perfect um, for that. I loved the whole storytelling of the year-long program between uh, John Wayne Murdoch and Alex mm-hmm. Cologne. But I, deep down inside me, I hope we still get some kind of cool story of letting these new fans kind of show what Los Macisos are all about. Let Miedo and Ciclope just go out there and just brutalize each other. I would have liked it in the tournament, but I would have saved... I think I, I, I texted you. I would have saved this kind of moment. I would have had Cologne or John Wayne Murdoch cost each other a match somehow, some way. And then that would have kept on, kept the shoot going till New Year's and then kind of have a New Year's send off of let's run this back. The first match of the year was just like last year with these two, except this is once for all the marbles. Great way to end the year slash start the new year. So, and I would have given this moment to Los Macisos, but that's just me playing with someone else's money, but I loved how they did it. I, it was perfect. How they did the whole thing of Cologne and Murdoch and setting it all up. I, I loved it. And Murdoch absolutely deserves it. He's been like the workhorse for the deathmatch uh, side of GCW for sure this year. So I am glad to see him get, kind of get his moment and recognition in this uh, tournament, but 
overall very fun show very fun uh ngi i think nobody has any like i don't have any negative bad thing to say about anybody during this card because they every single competitor from the top to the end stepped up their game and put on some impressive performances and this was a very 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 great show in my opinion Alrighty, so you want me to go ahead and list my 19 films? <laughs> no. Um, so a lot of these I'm actually going to sound like I repeated, and I did. Um, but these are kind of memorable. So the one thing I want to mention that I didn't write down that kind of developed in my head here where we were talking was I appreciate the unpredictability of finishes between Murdoch and Cologne. They're always unpredictable. Right here I'm like, okay, Cologne's a lock. Murdoch and him work together. If there's somebody that's going to make Cologne's win look good, it's going to be Murdoch, right? Nope. Murdoch wins. I, uh, I see this all the time. I see this a lot where I think it's one going to win and then the other wins. And I think they're damn good at swerving us on it because, well, Cologne is so well-deserving that him coming back is only deserving. It's just that's the only way to go. He's not done yet. We all know he's not done yet. If he comes back and does death matches, great. All he did was truly take a break, and maybe he doesn't grow that much from there, but hopefully he grows a little bit, and he finds something in himself that he'd like to bring to the table for that. Well, I hope it's not a last run, but I just, I just want to make sure he gives us more, and I would like to see him keep up on this wrestling side of death match because... Um, not that many can do it as well as he does. I know Tremont can wrestle really well. I know some of these other guys, but he's one of them. Okay, so that was one. I'll go ahead and kind of speed up after that there. This was a fantastic fucking weekend for wrestling. I woke up on Saturday morning, and I'm like, holy shit, there's so much going on. And, I mean, I didn't stop till 2 or 3 in the morning Saturday night. I was trying to get stuff in that I had to do, plus watch wrestling. Um, Sawyer and Hunter had a great first match in the NGI. I think it was a great first step forward, and I really hope to see them both, ba both back again. The first two matches being so fucking violent, I will remember that. It was nice seeing Sakuda back again. Big fucking Joe was back. That was nice. Cole and Ciclope separately putting on two solid matches each. Both were taking serious damage. They were doing all the losing in this, and they still did a fantastic job. Murdoch was being an absolute workhorse on this show. I wanted to make sure I mentioned that for a 19th time because he deserves every fucking bit of that. The growing appreciation that I've had for how important Los Macisos is to GCW. I'm going to stop there for a second and just say, I started by knowing absolutely nothing of them whatsoever. I even said, oh, we need video packages so people like me uh, know who these these uh, these guys are when they come out, and you you over the moon. Hell yeah, it's good to see Los Macisos back. These guys are great. Though. And now I've man, they could do things on the single level, on the double level. They could do things on the death match level. They're not afraid of glass. They're not afraid of heights. They're not afraid of any weapons whatsoever. I mean, these guys have no ceiling. These are the ultimate workers on the independent scene. If, I mean, if you wanted to hire two people that could cover so many different types of matches that you could offer, these guys have that versatility. They really do. <clears throat> Excuse me. So Cologne was really the, the story of this whole show, and I think for right now it has a satisfying ending because that tells me there's more to it. 
there's no way in hell Kelowna's going to go out like that. I just, I don't think so. I don't think more people would have come out to the ring and been like, hey, you know, and he deserves much more. And I think when it's time, he'll get it. I really hope we don't have that conversation for a long time. The last thing here was kind of a downer, but at the same time, it was just something we're talking about. I really was hoping that the Chicago crowd would come alive just a little more because the old Chicago crowd, not the old Chicago crowd, the mainstream Chicago crowd is fucking loud and they have attitude and GCW fans should be just that loud and have attitude. And I did hear some true GCW fans in the crowd repeatedly chanting and repeatedly I could hear individual voices of people who kept cheering and chanting and trying to keep the crowd in order. I'm hearing a chant out of my speakers from the right side and I'm looking on my screen and I'm just seeing people with their heads down or people without their hands even moving. And I'm like, wow. So for the real fans that were out there keeping the fucking crowd alive, thank you because you're the lifeblood because otherwise everybody, it sounded like we're just going to kind of watch the show politely as they need to, but this is GCW and that's, this isn't, you know, this is a different kind of theater. You don't have to sit on your hands at this theater. The wrestlers perform better with a louder crowd. You feed them, you will get a better show. I promise you will not find a performer that won't, that won't agree with me there. It's, it's always going to be a better show. You feed them, they will give you your money's worth. I promise you. And then some, if you really push them and you really get into the damn thing, boy, they will show off for you. Just letting you know. Um, it's just the Chicago crowd didn't bring what we expect from, I expect from the Chicago crowd. So, um, yeah. So that, I believe, is all my moments. I'm, uh, I'm satisfied with this. And um, I think I've said everything I've needed to say twice, man. I'm trying to give you something oh, that I don't it, have. I, yeah. It was a fun show. Gotcha. Like. We just have, we, there was so many like first time moments we haven't seen so many cool moments. Like I loved it. Like this, I think overall, once again, they've been hitting on other shows lately. I think they did after hammer's time kind of go through like rest on their laurels. They hit the big stage. They did one of their biggest goals that they had in their mind and they kind of rested on their laurels a little bit, but then now they're full back on of just putting out banger after banger. And as we talk about the next one with, uh, with the Wisconsin death trip, I said at the beginning of the show, this, that show, the next one we cover, had no reason being good for what it was because, like, I there just wasn't a lot of fans there. The venue was small. It looked pretty cool, but I didn't think it would be turned into the show that it turned into. But I go back to what you just said there. The fans, I think, pulled it out of the wrestlers to, hey... This might be not the best show that we're thinking, but they're they're loving it. They're giving us all their energy. Let's just go out and have a crazy killer last half of the show and put on an incredible ending to the show because the fans have earned it. They've they've worked hard. They've been cheering. So I I think that has a lot to do with as you said, the fans kind of threw that out of the wrestlers to give them a bit that kind of a good match because that John Wayne Murdoch and. Vance Warner match like was insane that we'll talk about because of everything Murdoch had to do this night and then do it follow up with a death match the next night with a bunch of glass mm-hmm. was insane to me and I just think for what I originally thought that show would be a kind of like not a throwaway show but uh kind of like appreciation show of hey here's a show but it's not going to be as good because we just had the NGI 
where they tore the I was impressed with this next show. So I think gave I think that gave a lot of credence to what you said with the fans. So um but just another long line of great shows that we've been getting lately and it's just been super fun seeing and I'm really excited for it because now I don't spend twenty bucks every other week or every week. I get to spend about five dollars a month and enjoy it like all the other fans. So hopefully uh those of you out there kind of sitting on the fence for it. It's five five bucks. I think it's five definitely bucks. worth it. You're definitely gonna get your money's worth. So uh please check out the Fight TV Plus. Right? Oh, you didn't I get wish, you wish. didn't get your check? Oh sorry, I shouldn't have said that out loud, my bad. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, I'm gonna hit up Fight and be like, listen. <laughs> It was it was a fun show. Fight TV is definitely worth it. The five dollars, like I said, like we as you said, the shows prior. This was kind of like the showcase weekend. Got to get to see all the wrestling revolver shows. So if you missed them, they got their entire whole library up there. They got the Black Label Pro library up there. So go check those out. Go check out the GCW shows. Like I said, if you really into NGI Seven, please go check out my opinion. NGI Two was the best. Oh, and TOS is not up there for number three, which is, I believe, the one that uh, Ciclope and Miedio just went crazy at the TOS final. So um, mm. once that gets so up, I will is, definitely... Two is still your number one? NGI 2 is still number one, yes. And then TOS... Wow. Uh, my favorite TOS was 666, but my favorite match in TOS history was that Ciclope and Miedo in the finals. I think, like I said, I think it was three or four. It's the one that's not on Fight TV right now. I think four it starts off with. So hopefully they add TOS one, two, and three in the near future. So I could go back and uh, watch number three. Because like I said, it's been a while since I've seen that one. And that was that was my first I love Los Macisos moment a couple years ago. was watching that match. And NGI 2, they kill it in NGI 2 as well. But um and you get to see the love that they have for each other as well at NGI2, as they had here, where you see Ciclope and Miedo just cheering each, cheering each other on during their matches and being there to help out. Like It's just so cool seeing. So, um, yeah, NGI2 definitely would be a good thing. Yeah, um, $5, man. Five. I, dude, I, I could get pizza right? at least for one, yeah, you for can't, one of the shows. You can't even get a little Caesar pizza no more for 5 bucks. So go get Fight TV for many hours of entertainment. And Little Caesars, we might as well try to get some money out of them too. Pizza, pizza, Taco Bell, yeah, pizza, oh. pizza, and blue chew. We'll set some out. On behalf okay. of myself and uh-huh. Mister John J. Wolf, uh, hopefully we'll get uh, this show put out tomorrow. It will it'll be put out tomorrow, but hopefully we we'll is record. today. If you're listening yeah, today, today. If you're listening. I'm sorry, I'm a smart. <laughs> okay, look, I'll just say it now because I feel like I'm off for anybody who's listening. I have like sinus medicine in me because i've been having a sinus and like problem for like a week now so if you hear me off today or stumbling that's why we didn't get healed wolf tonight we got drugged up wolf tonight yeah 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 <laughs> yeah i've been shranked <laughs> well just go back and rewatch this and get all the energy back because it was Dude. fun it was fun recording death trip is tonight for me so i'm looking forward to reviewing that yeah you're you said you're half about halfway through you're about to get to the good part yeah Definitely. Yeah, here, man. I'm looking forward. Not to saying that the first parts were bad. It just it felt like a okay. It was a good scramble match or good one on one matches. Good trip or the the Blake Christian Jordan and Alec Price match was pretty good as well during that match. But I think it really picked up in the last half of the craziness of being at wherever La Pica Bar number three hundred or three three not three hundred <laughs> uh, three 
that show ended up being way better than what needed to be for that kind of venue and fans. But I'm very glad the fans just got that show. I'm very fan as us fans, we got to the show to watch because it was incredible. Yeah, that's uh, that's an everybody wins kind of thing there. Yep. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, when you say, hey, that for the venue, that means that they're going well above and beyond what they normally do. And what they normally do is awesome. Exactly. Yeah. Good, good. All right, bud. <laughs> on our way out, we will send you out like how we always do. Uh-huh. Catch you on the next show, which is W Johnson Death Trip. Death, yeah, Death Trip. Oh, uh, yeah, man. Wisconsin Death Trip. That's my shit. That's a great song. All right. Thank you all again for listening. And as we always do, long, <laughs> long live, live G-C-W.